0: I listened to a bunch of Alan Watts on the way up. I, I used to love listening to Alan Watts. And and it, it had been a really, really long time since I had. Uh-huh. And then I listened to a couple episodes of your podcast. And I mentioned them. No, it reminded me. I was like, oh. Oh, I, it reminded I, you because I, I mentioned them a lot. You, you meant constantly, which is good. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, of course, your podcast was good. But I was like, I got to listen to Alan Watts again.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was, uh, I, I ran across him so randomly. I've always been into that eastern realm of things and uh you know yoga and spirituality and I was listening to this song on Spotify, kind of like a like a chill thing and there's like some spoken word stuff in the back and I I had no idea who Alan Watts was and I'm uh-huh. like who is this person? So then I just like copied and pasted the lyrics of what I heard onto Google and it said oh this guy is Alan Watts. I'm like oh and then I just I discovered him from there and watched every possible YouTube video. I, yeah. <laughs> there's so many of them. I think I've watched them all.
0: I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm in that uh, category yet, but I've listened to a lot and, and I love, I love everything. He, first of all, it's just relaxing. His voice is very, if you didn't even speak
1: English, you'd feel good. And that says so much about his vibe, not just, not necessarily what he's saying, it's just his, his vibe, his energy is yes. pleasant to to be around. And the actual,
0: uh, content is fantastic, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. um, but it just slows you down for a second. Yeah. For And it, all he does is talk about being present, basically, and it forces you to do that a little bit or at least think about doing that. Oh, yeah. Uh, which in yeah. and of itself is kind of an oxymoron to think about being present. But, but it's nice to, to get someone to motivate you to do it. To you slow know, down, take a breath, meditate, et cetera.
1: Yeah, to think about being present kind of ruins the fact about being present, but it serves as like at least a wind of change to maybe this is something you can start thinking about so then you can not think about it. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a I mean, uh spirituality, I think there's a lot of like hypocrisy built into it. Oh a little so much. I talk about that. Learning how to be spiritual. Like I watched I don't know if you're into this stuff, I watched um with my girlfriend. One of those alpinist documentaries?
1: No, I have no idea what that is. Okay,
0: so it's uh you've seen Free Solo, the guy climbs mountains yeah, 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 yeah. with uh-huh. nothing attached to it. Yep, yep, yep. That's yeah. So that guy's in this one, but it's about another guy who he climbs uh in like ice free. Wow. So he he'll climb um like a frozen mountain with two ice picks, and he does it blind.
1: Oh my god.
0: And then big surprise—he dies in the documentary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who wouldn't see that coming? You yeah. Know? Uh, but the the cool thing about this guy is, I bet that he's never studied Eastern philosophy, and based on inter- the interviews with him and and just like compiled footage, he's he's like a monk.
1: Yeah, exactly. In
0: order to li- in order to get as deep into that as humanly possible, um, and sort of not be afraid of death and enjoy free climbing or something like that. You basically have to to be uh extremely present.
1: Yeah, you can't be worried about nothing else. No. But
0: mm-hmm. first of all, you like okay, so he eventually uh I think he died because an avalanche fell on him on the way down, which happens all the time and that's pretty terrifying. Yeah. But he didn't on the way up, nothing bad ever happened.
1: Right. It wasn't like his fault. It wasn't really his
0: fault. It was just chance. Right. Which is a risk that those guys are willing to take. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, in little interview clips with him, he basically said, like, I'm going to die doing this, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I love doing it. He already had it in his... Yeah. Yeah, it was already... And that, to me, that's like, again, listening to a little bit of Alan Watts on the drive over, that sounds like Alan Watts to me, or, or someone oh, who who thinks that sort of way.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, One of his his main things I love so much is... One one of the many hours of seminars I heard from him online, he was talking about, um, you know, then you're thinking about not trying to have thoughts, so, and he basically made it this big vicious circle. Like you, you you have thoughts, and then you know it's good to not have thoughts, so you try not to have thoughts, but then you're trying to not try to try to have <laughs> thoughts, and it's just this. And he said like it's the moment where you just say, uh, it's the moment where you say I don't care is when it. Yes yeah it's it's that fucking moment, and I'm sure that's gotta be so prevalent in what you do with stand up like a
0: hundred percent a a good set usually comes from you saying like i if i care any if if I care mo- any more than I care right now, it's just gonna suffocate the comedy, mm-hmm. so I have to not care,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: I have to give up on, on those expectations.
1: Trying to please the audience, making sure, like, oh, this is the banger I know I had. And, and when I say it, I hope they laugh so hard because this yes. is, like, my fire joke of the night. It's like, so funny. Armin van Buren said something like that one time. He was, like, uh, he was playing this set, and he was, like, he was going to finally drop his track that nobody heard yeah, in yeah, some, yeah. like, little nightclub in, like, Amsterdam. And he dropped it, and it was just, like, nothing ever happened. Yeah. It was, like, supposed to be the big moment, yeah. and it was the crickets
0: no expectations will will mess you up and and it's it's a lesson i wish that i only had to learn it once you have to learn it over and over oh, yeah. and over again because it'll just it'll beat the comedy to death you you kind of have to not care you kind of have to not even give a shit if they if they laugh of course to some degree and there there is stuff that like you've done for years a certain material uh or something you've developed recently that you feel really good about and you're really excited about and you think um they're this is gonna kill yep yep and, and yep. kind of the second you think that way you, you do remove some of the humor from it and being pre- like being present being able to improvise uh and be loose on stage to me that's kind of everything and it's yeah. really easy
1: to forget that oh yeah oh yeah wait real quick just bring the mic a little... oh sure sure yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, no, i wasn't sure if it was picking it up
0: um yeah good. you can get too attached to the words too too attached to reciting Oh, yeah. All that sort of One stuff. One thing
1: I've always wondered is, uh, you know, because I don't know how I got into the whole. I mean, I'm not like. I started getting into all that whole comedy scene of going to shows. Like, my buddy Colin, he was really into it and he knows all about that. And okay. he, my buddy did Kill Tony and he, he was. He knew all about it. He was kind of like filling me on and everything. And then, like, not too. Like, even just a couple of years ago, I learned about. I don't know who Theo Vaughan was a year or two ago. I didn't know who Nikki Glaser was. I didn't know uh-huh. who Tom Segura, Christina P. I didn't. I he. I didn't know anybody. Of these people, and I kind of started like writing a little material down myself, and and I'm like, maybe I should give this a crack one time. It just seems like fun, and because naturally, I'm a. I'm very strange when it comes to introversion extroversion. I'm really hot or really cold. Mm-hmm. Like I tend to be quite introverted by nature, but sometimes it's kind of like when Michael Jackson you know, would say when he's on stage, he feels totally invincible, but around people, he's so timid. Yeah. So I kind of have that thing within, and one thing I've always wondered is, child
0: uh, stars have that a lot too. Oh really? Yeah. They're just cr- crazy. Uh, I've o- Yeah. They're, they're sort of built. It's like you were trying to raise an insane person.
1: I've thought about that. And that was yeah. something Rogan said. very similar a long time ago in uh, one of his episodes was, well, not child actors necessarily, but actors in general, he goes, realize that actors who can cry on demand, that's, not a normal thing to do. You got to be kind of crazy to be able to just cry on demand, turn it on, turn it off.
0: I think, I think you can make the argument both ways. Mm. So you could say like, okay, um, I'm sure, I think Rogan was talking about like Sean Penn or something, someone Mm. like that. Like these great actors who are, uh, or or like Daniel Day-Lewis, someone, someone who thinks that he's, um, President Lincoln. Right. Truly. Yeah. He thinks he has wooden teeth. (laughs) You know, the guy, the guy's out of his, he's out of his mind. He lived in a cabin in the woods. Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um probably like uh like didn't eat anything that wasn't available right. past that period of time. Yeah. That's sort of a that It probably didn't wash his clothing very often. Just for a movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and he probably got paid a lot of money for it. Sure,
1: that helps. Yeah.
0: Getting paid t- And that's something that Lincoln never got. 10 million dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for everything. <laughs> but uh there's there's a certain amount of insanity applied to that, of course, but I think that the alternate perspective is like, those people maybe they have huge egos, maybe they do, sure. but also maybe they're so devoid of ego or so cap so capable of forgetting ego mm. that they can be another person.
1: That's a really good point. Actually, never thought of it that way. You know
0: what I mean? Like, I, I think actors get vilified and rightfully so a lot of the time. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of again, if you're gonna talk about spirituality, being really, really good at acting, you might be tapping into a realm of spirituality that most people aren't even really capable of because you're embodying someone other than yourself.
1: I've, yeah, I've thought of it that way. Yeah. It's it's medi- what you were talking about, Daniel Lewis and Abe Lincoln is yeah. it's it's just it sounds all complicated what he did, but it can all go under the category of he was basically meditating on his role. Exactly. That's all he was
0: doing. And and truly forgetting. And if he has, if Daniel Day Lewis has a skill set, which he obviously does, he's really talented, yeah, um, and also probably crazy, and what everything everybody says about him. But if he has a skill set, it's forgetting that he's Daniel Day Lewis, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is an amazing skill to have, and I wish I had that. Like driving over here, I was worrying about a bunch of stuff. I wish I could forget I was Ben Hurwitz. Yeah, that would yeah, be nice. Yeah. And that's why I listen to the Alan Watson. That kind of helps. Yeah. Um, but but what would help even more would be thinking that I was President Lincoln. Mm-hmm then I truly wouldn't think I was Ben Hurwitz yeah, exactly. I was wearing a top hat, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you could you have to embody somebody so completely opposite of your normal waking yeah, state. Yeah.
0: I I'm I've tried acting. I'm not great at acting. I'd rather meditate than act. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. <laughs> I've uh, one thing I was gonna say about that was it's very similar to what like a samurai uh swordsmiths would do back in the day is they would um uh, well samurai too, but in this res- in this example, swordsmiths, they would uh you know, somebody would want a sword, and then the swordsmith would be like, okay, like, let me know what you want, and he'd go off and meditate for a few days, yeah. kind of think about it, get in the state of mind, because, you know, you have to – it's really very – the same exact thing as acting is, okay, I'm going to be in this job for two three months. I got to be in this zone so I can stay there for two or three months. And then, if you, you know, if you're going to, you know, craft this work of art, this sword that has to be beautiful, that has to kill, that has to everything mm-hmm. – you really got to be in a specific, intense state of mind to do that. Yeah. And that's, you know, you have to, what does it mean to wipe the slate clean of who you are? That's, how do you forget? <laughs> and well, and, and
0: the, the funny thing is the difference in stakes there, obviously. Oh yeah, for sure. Because Dana Day-Lewis, like if he does a bad job, he makes a movie that uh, you know maybe doesn't win an Oscar, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. and if the samurai guy doesn't do a good job, his head is on the yeah, ground. Exactly, or yeah. like maybe the
1: guy uses a sword and it breaks in the middle of a battle. Or exactly, like exactly. You know, you weren't you weren't doing it right, and you could say that about any line of work. Like, I mean, I, I like. Do you do you have any type of pre-show rituals or? Yeah,
0: yeah, I I try to get as, what I'm trying to do is get as far away from that as possible. Oh, so you could just. So I'm not reliant on anything. That oh, would be nice. Interesting. But I definitely have all my stuff. And I, I'm, you know, this is not like the coolest thing when it comes to comics, but I'm probably like a little bit more health conscious, a little bit more yeah. spiritual oh. or like, you know, vaguely in that direction than most comics, which is part of the reason I like uh, your stuff. Yeah, thank you. Because I identify with a lot of it. Oh, thank you. Um. But like, if I haven't meditated that day, maybe even just for 20 minutes, it I'm like, oh, f- part right. of me is like, I, I need to fucking meditate. I need yeah. to do, I need to get in the zone. Yeah, something. And, and it would be nice to just not have to do anything. Well, of course, yeah. To just wake up and you know eat a Subway sandwich yep. and go on stage and and kill. Just not have to. And not think about anything. Yeah, you know, but I, it doesn't really work that way, based on my experience.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think so either. You know what I mean? and Get
0: up and eat McDonald's and just not care.
1: Yeah, you know, I, 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 because because what that is is, oh, this really brings up a good point. You know, I've trained martial arts for a long time. I still teach, and um, there was a, I, I guess a Zen concept you could say, and it was instead of having, don't think of your mind as being empty, like unconscious there's nothing there think of it as it's full of nothing and i think that change in mindset is like you're intent about it mm-hmm. you're not just oh, fuck it screw it just you know mcdonald's and cheeseburgers <laughs> and then you get up on stage it's you know maybe you're not doing something so adamant but you're you're more conscious about your emptiness so to speak it's kind of hard yeah. to say but, but 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 no no i get that you, you see what i mean but it,
0: and I'm not even, I used to do more like, um, high intensity athletic stuff. Yeah. Uh, and now I, I don't do nearly as much. I'm a little more focused on the professional stuff, uh, mm-hmm. time-wise. Yeah. But if I've gone for a walk or a hike or if I've swam or something and I've eaten pretty well and I've sat, it's going to be a good set. That's a really Relatively good speaking, it's going to be a good set. As opposed to like, I've, uh, I was in Florida a little while ago doing shows and like, I I flew on Spirit Airlines. They they bought me the flight. It was like a yeah exactly. I you're wish get, I you're getting Spirit. You no, know, I wish they just <laughs> give me the money and I bought my own flight. You know right. they got me the worst travel plan possible. It was a red eye on Spirit Airlines. It stopped in it <laughs> stopped no, in Atlanta. No, so basically I I haven't slept at all, and then I get to Tampa, and I get a rental car, and I actually booked a show um, before I came back down to the middle of Florida. I don't know if you know Florida well. Not but too much. But I basically had to drive like six hours north. It would be like driving to San Francisco after landing in L.A. God damn. So I I basically, so essentially I drove, landed in L.A., drove to San Francisco to do a show. And this is on zero sleep, landing and driving right away. And the show went great. The show went fine. Um... But it would have went better if I had like gotten a good night of sleep and maybe got a little exercise and had something good to eat, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh,
1: yeah. And, you know, that really, that brings up a good point. You know, I follow all these comedians now, and ever since I got into it, I follow them all. And it just seems like these people, especially the ones that are just hitting the road hard with these huge shows and tours, like. What are their health habits like? Yeah, their I know. sleep and, 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 and these are
0: guys who have a lot of money, eating
1: and drinking. Yeah, so, so they like, can
0: afford to live a little better, potentially. Right, have a but personal they, chef. Or... They still are not doing so great health wise. Most of them, you know, like you know, Bert Kreischer. I was
1: just gonna say, yeah. Bert Kreischer. No, what that guy? I mean, he, they
0: he, they make <laughs> the joke about how he's like Mickey Mantle and he can do anything. But it's like you'd be better off not doing mm-hmm. half of that stuff. Yeah.
1: However good you're functioning with, this, just imagine how much better you could be exactly. without this massive.
0: So you run a marathon after a night of binge drinking. It's like you're gonna run faster if you didn't do that. Yeah.
1: If you just slept. Yeah. Yeah. Like like I am like when you just said about uh, said that about your your rental car and everything like I am worthless on low sleep. Yeah, me too. Like, oh God, I can't do anything. Like I've even. Like, my, my my treat is, like, a couple cups of decaf on the weekends. <laughs> like, that's my, not even during the week, usually. Yeah, yeah. And because coffee just jacks me up. Like, it'll work for a couple of days. I've always had the relationship with coffee. It's like, it's, it's like a toxic relationship. It's like, it's good at first. Uh-huh. Like, you know, gets you all fired and juiced up. And then it just starts to insidiously seep in. And then, and then you're waist deep and you can't get out of it. <laughs> that's what coffee is like to me. I know. I get it. I mean, I drink coffee, but you can overdo
0: anything. Oh, yeah um and sleep is extremely important
1: i always i really try to make sure about my sleep i mean and it's nothing is better than when you wake up and you're like oh i'm rested oh that feeling like i can just do stuff today
0: yeah waking up with energy yeah that's a pretty nice feeling
1: and you know that that also was an alan watts thing he was talking about uh somebody came up to him he goes uh not you know he it wasn't alan Watts saying this he was he was mentioning this old like zen story and this like kid came up to this monk and he was like i want to learn how to uh um you know i don't know be a monk and do away with the householder thing and just you know live off in the woods and he goes how do i do that and and then the monk said uh like eat your food and make your bed and he's like what are you talking about he goes well if you don't understand then just eat your food and make your bed. Maybe you'll understand. And I think the purpose of that was just don't neglect the absolute bare bones, simple things and high profile, high performance people that are doing shows, running around all over the place, you know, making millions of dollars. And you know, these, these entrepreneurial careers, it's so easy to be like, well, this is more important than getting eight hours of sleep. I would rather work on this for four more hours and just get some stupid shutout like all you weaklings. And I don't think When there's all those
0: motivational speakers who are, like, yelling about how you don't need to sleep. Oh, no, I hate that. No, it drives me insane. I hate it. Just wake up, just get three hours of sleep. It's all you
1: need. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's like, you're gonna, not only are you not gonna uh, function very well, whatever you're making, whatever you're doing is gonna be worse, first of all, Mm -hmm. and secondly, you're probably gonna get in a fucking car accident, like... You can't function on three hours sleep. No,
1: consistently. Like, yeah, even that happens to me once or twice. Do you have
0: someone I... carrying you around as, like, from point A to point B as you do this stuff?
1: I think people like that are just so jacked on caffeine and this and that. Like a buddy of mine. Oh, it's but
0: adrenaline, but it doesn't last that long. It
1: doesn't, and and it, there's something to say about being at this level because you're rested, and being at this level because you're jacked on caffeine. Yeah, and it's yeah. not the same. Yes. It, it feels like you're jacked on caffeine. Yeah. No, it's, I get it. It's like a false You, you know, have a friend who doesn't sleep? Yeah, this buddy of mine, I, he was an investment banker. I met him at the gym and you know, high profile career. You know, dealing with uh he like did like private banking for people and mm-hmm. um high profile clients and he goes, you know, when when they when you got an international client calling you at one AM, you gotta pick it up and and they're screaming at you on the phone and you gotta make shit happen and <laughs> respond to them why they're not getting any return on their you know five million dollar investment and that's your life Mm -hmm. i think some people are just more built for that than others um but at the same time like it would be better if nobody did that. It's not sustainable. Mm-mm. You know who is I always think of that when I think of the, the, the comedian world is uh Whitney Cummings. She just looks like she is on yeah, fire yeah. 24/7. I'm like, how do you do this? You look like you're you No, know, when I see her, I bet
0: that she, you know, this is my and I'm not I'm not saying anything negative about Whitney. She's great. Yeah. Uh talented, funny, successful. Super talented.
1: All those things. Successful. Yeah.
0: Works really hard. And that's what it
1: takes to do that. My
0: guess is and I've I've tr- I've attempted to live like that at different times. Uh I bet that she has months where she's like comatose. Yes, she like can't cannot move or function. And I bet that they're and again, uh, this is about a, uh, a type of person. This is not about Whitney Cummings. Right. This is that person. I don't want to slander Whitney yeah. Cummings, yeah. but I'm guessing that that type of person goes through, first of all. They got so much money because they're so successful. So they're yeah. going through months where they're probably doing like IV drips of sure. vitamins, yeah, and getting a like. Uh, work body work or acupuncture basically they're um they're making up for burning the candle on both ends and then and then they're just having people jam things in their body until they're back to normal for a period of time that's my guess
1: yeah they're just like barely skating by all the time like you're
0: uh, running on fumes and then you're a, a puppet that people are trying to fix yeah Exactly, for a while too,
1: and like at event, I think it'll work for a certain amount of time, but eventually, it's like, listen, man, we can't patch you this can't up again.
0: For, and again, not trying to slander Whitney Cummings, but but she's, uh, I think she's in her late thirties.
1: Yeah, uh-huh, something like that. And she
0: she looks like she's lived a little more than that because she's probably just been going and, and nonstop and, and, for so long. And again,
1: I think that's a personality trait. Like, yeah. most people can't do that. Some people are more just temperamentally inclined to work that kind of way. Like uh, an, uh, yes. an an ex girlfriend of mine. Uh, very similar. She did live broadcast television for 13 years. And, you know, waking up at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. to get hair and makeup done, and showing up to the studio at five, crazy. And, and being on live TV, memorizing order numbers and purchase numbers, and bringing in callers, and three cameras on you, and yeah. take a break, puke because I got food poisoning last <laughs> night, and then come back on air and do that for you know 13 years. That's and, crazy. But you're right; it wears you down. But that's what I'm saying. And uh, yeah. there and there were times when we were together where she would you know go balls to the wall for 2 weeks yeah, and then yeah. she'd just be like cracked just just can't do Couldn't anything move. for 2 weeks yes a week or two and just like gosh why do i why did i take a 3 hour nap today i'm like because you needed to take a 3 hour nap slept today you for weeks yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i think that's how it goes and also when it comes to comedy, I think there's something sort of inherently not funny about that lifestyle too, about working right. that hard. Yeah. You sort of need to experience things a little bit. Yeah. And be a little bit more passive at times. Yeah. So there is there's a there's an ideal balance and and especially in the early stages I think it's hard to find. Oh yeah. Cuz Cause, cause you take any gig you can get. Like of course you got to you got to take money where you can, you got to take stage time and where you can. And they know it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but the quality of the work is not as good as it, as it's going to be when you have a little bit more control over your time. Yes, if you're aware of it. Not everybody's aware. Yes. But I'm I'm and optimistically so. But I'm looking forward to the time when I can like uh, allocate weeks where I don't do anything. Yeah. Or have a little bit more time during the day to to myself or or with family or anything like that. Because that's kind of where the material comes from. It doesn't you're come right. from uh, hair and makeup at 3 a.m. <laughs> right? There's nothing funny about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's not honestly, it kind of sucks because you have to work really hard to to be good at anything, and mm-hmm. and comedy is extremely competitive. Yeah. But there's nothing funny about working hard. No. About, no. 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 Uh, there's nothing funny about uh, wanting something really bad. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's kind of not funny.
1: And what you're saying, I guess, in, in some senses, you know, and all apathy the... isn't either. So no, yeah. That's not funny either. No. So so the. <laughs> All the time you spend developing your craft, it's like that's not where the material comes from. So it's no. like, where do you sp- this 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 space where you're not developing your craft, where it's the source of everything? How yeah. do you make time for that? You know, it's funny. I've always noticed on, and maybe you probably definitely know the answer to this is uh, oh hello moth. <laughs>
0: um, the dog stop, so I'm cool. Yeah, you know yeah. what
1: it is. I think when these when dogs are sp- new, that's what it is. They I smell think they, someone they, new. they or they hear a, a yeah. voice that they're not familiar yeah. with. So like the first ten minutes, that is. I un- I, d-
0: I don't envy dogs oh yeah right so overstimulated i can't imagine living like that you smell everything you hear everything think about it yeah i i can't i, I have allergies i don't smell anything
1: you you look up everybody's 10 feet taller than you like oh my god you're just and you hear out. their
0: feet pounding on the ground yeah that, no, that's a crazy life and they st- they seem pretty happy overall
1: yeah just disp- despite that they just yeah. bark for five minutes and they're done <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was i gonna say oh yeah so like uh, uh when you like it when you look at tour dates um from like big comedians i always notice there's like 3 week gaps and stuff that's just like going back home huh Probably. i will
0: um i guess it depends on who the comic is and what stage of development their act is in mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's just most of the time it's breaks especially if it's like they've they've built the hour and it's ready and they're taking it out you need some breaks just to recuperate cuz the i think the travel is what takes a lot out of you totally. more than more than the actual stand up totally cuz most comics um the, the really big ones are traveling internationally, yeah, which will destroy you. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Uh, and other ones are traveling through America, which is hard enough as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, you know, it depends on the stage. So, like, in the initial stages, if you don't have your hour, you, you probably do a lot of local sets in, like, L.A. or New York, wherever you're based. Mm-hmm. Uh, you build it up and then kind of take it out and maybe work on it a bit in those major cities and then take it out again. And then film something, and then you need to start over, basically, Mm -hmm. right? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So those weeks, I would guess, yeah, they're kind—they just need to recuperate something, yeah. Yeah. And I think even those big shows, uh, big comedians, they got a lot of support staff and a lot of people doing stuff for them, which I imagine, you know, not being at their or yes, I was
0: going to say again, not funny, right? Yeah. What's the funny part about that? Yeah. About like not answering your own emails. Mm Mm-hmm. And and again, I don't want to answer any emails. Oh yeah, For the most part, unless it's something exciting.
1: Yeah, once you really start getting a ton of emails and having it becomes a responsibility, you're like, "Oh, this isn't fun."
0: No, no, email all. can take over your life. I, Tell I, me about nobody it. Nobody talks about the social dilemma anymore, but that was a good documentary. Oh yeah, uh huh. Um, that sort of stuff will will decimate you. Oh yeah. In a similar way to like, uh, you know, the the hardworking versus the creative stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, even if your job is like is finance or something. You can waste time just going through your emails.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 you know the 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 wonderful, you know, probably the best, you know, you do comedy cuz you know, you're living on stage, you know, and how much of that entire universe is being on stage, you know? It's
0: I wish it was more, but yeah, it, there's so much planning. And now I I'm if I'm at a stage of stand up, it's a stage where like I, I, I get some stage time, like a, fa- a fair amount, I'm, and I'm getting better and better at comedy, but a lot of it, the stage time is coming from me working really hard to get it, as yeah. opposed to people contacting me. That There's a lot more uh, me directed towards them than them directed towards sure, me. Sure, sure. Which is fine, and, and a lot of the time it works out really well and the shows are fun and et cetera, but uh, that's a lot of time spent chasing the stage. Yeah, totally. Whereas I kind of wish it was just there and I could take it, like I... Part of the reason I wanted to do stand up initially is like yeah. I um I was like in my early 20s and I'd watch Louis C.K.'s show yeah 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 Louis on FX and you watch him I didn't understand how stand up worked and you watch him go walk into a club and they go hey do you want to go up I was mm-hmm. like oh that's comedy <laughs> that's amazing yeah that sounds funny. and you yeah. just, you walk right into a club and they go hey do you want to do 15 or an hour right now <laughs> and then you realize in like in hindsight I realized. You have to work for decades to be afforded the opportunity to, to go on stage Yeah, like was
1: it say it takes like 10 years to become an overnight success? Yes. You, you just saw that. Yeah, exactly. You're like, and oh, and that's how ta- it is. It
0: takes two of those to become a legendary stand-up comic. Right. Which is what he was portraying in the show, and, but I didn't realize that. Yeah. I exactly. was like, oh, he's just a comic.
1: Oh, that's how it works.
0: This is great. But you, you don't re- and also, <laughs> like, the, the amount of, um, I hate, my least favorite part about it is how com- competitive comics are with each other. Really, yeah. I don't like it. They'll, it's not healthy. It's not conducive to the art. Could you imagine? Like they'll um, totally screw their best buddy for a gig. Yeah, well, kind of thing. Not it's. It's a little bit more subtle than that, but okay. it's like. It's like they're not necessarily throwing people under the bus, although that does happen. Sure. Um, but it's more just like. You can tell they kind of. Would rather that they do well than you do well. <laughs> of course, yeah, but, yeah. Which is which is the nature of the beast, right? To some degree, but also. It's not a healthy way to live. No. Hope, waking up every morning hoping that everyone else is failing so you can succeed. Yeah. Although, like, I guess that's probably how Michael Jordan lived to some degree.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's going to be some of that in any competitive domain.
0: But Michael, and also Michael Jordan is not hilarious. Yeah. He's yeah. like laser focused and very was very good at basketball, of course. I, it, to be funny, I think you kind of have to like have some humanity to you. You have to care about people.
1: Yeah, which is you know, and and, how... and there are a lot of
0: sociopaths in the entertainment industry who pretend that they care.
1: I was yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And I was going to say, where do you, how do you reconcile that between with comedians like uh, um, George Carlin that okay. that are
0: so? He was, I mean, he's one of the best ever. But what do you, right. what do you mean? Like what? he's so uh, he was like... prolific. He put out tons of hours, and he was angry. Kind is that of what dark, you're yeah,
1: kind of dark and angry with it. Where does that stand with the?
0: I it... I, I don't mind. The thing is like. I think that, and the, I love him. I think the very, very best comics are capable of that kind of darkness. Okay, yeah, yeah. That kind of anger. Mm-hmm. But there's also some light in there as well. Of
1: course. I think he wouldn't I, say. I love dark humor. Me too. And, yeah. and I don't think he would say stuff like that. Because a lot of what he had to say was, you know, he might talk shit about the government and this and that, but he would be like, you know, because you guys are screwing us. Why don't you just be a little bit He's, nicer? You I, I, know, what, yeah, why don't yeah, we yeah, care for each other? And that I, was the context.
0: It, it's been a while since I've watched Carlin. I love Carlin. Um, but it seemed like he was kind of standing up for people, like you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he would take the the harshest, darkest angle. But it's kind of kind of like an everyman point of view.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. This
0: is how everyone should feel about fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe his goal was to change people's mind about things. Like Bill Burr does that, if you know Bill Burr. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I think mean, he's, he's yeah, <laughs> he he's incredible. But he'll he'll take a topic that is completely taboo that no one's allowed to make fun of and then do his best to do it, and he's so good at it and hits it from so many different angles... That's what it is, the By the end of it, you agree with him, and and he's actually made a a good, um, arguably humane point. Yes. Just that started in a place that no one would agree with.
1: And at the very least... If he hasn't maybe convinced you of something, he's at least got you to think, oh, maybe this has a lot more than just one side to it. Exactly. Like, I think Chappelle did that fantastically with the whole trans thing. Yeah, yeah. And And at
0: at the very, very least, they made you laugh. Oh, yeah. At the very least.
1: What I want to know is this, uh, because I know you'll have some thoughts on this, because I don't really know how this works. Okay. Talking about really taboo topics like that can be, like, it can make or break your set i would imagine because you might really piss the room off yeah, so yeah. is there a certain level of success you need to have before you can touch on that stuff that's an interesting question and again i i don't have that success so i
0: can't fully answer the question but based on just uh you know seeing what other people do and seeing what i i'm allowed to do right to some degree here's what i think happens i think initially you just want to win over the room sure any way possible right right and they're Everybody has a different barometer for that. Some mm-hmm. people are, are willing to work a little harder than others, and some people will just say, you know, like they'll say the thing that you've heard a million times or that you've even heard another comic yes. say just because they know it's going to work. Yeah, it, exactly. It's for-sure thing. Um, like people, like a lot of people, I don't know if they still do, but a lot of people used to talk about eating ass. Oh, really? That was are, we, thing. are we allowed to talk about sex stuff? Yeah, yeah okay. talk about it all. <laughs> but, I mean, there was there was a period there, and I, I've been, I've been in stand standard for five years. I would say three of those years... Um, most comics had a joke about eating ass. And I'm just like, it was like everybody. You guys aren't saying anything that the other people aren't saying. And I don't even really know what you're saying. Right. You're just like, do you guys do this? And then people (laughs) laugh just at the notion of it, which is fine, but you're, you're not, you're not treading any new territory. You're not, you're not challenging anybody. And and I think when you first start, there's less of an inclination to do that because you just want to do well.
1: Of course. And then if
0: you get really, really good, you kind of want to challenge yourself. Yeah, and the good. audience that's a good point Yeah, okay which i think like i feel like bill burr if he watches early stuff he's not saying uh it's not party line stuff it's not easy but it's easier Yeah, okay and then as he got more and more known he kind of is intentionally trying to push the audience away to see if he can get him back which i think carlin probably did too oh yeah that's my guess oh yeah that like it gets a little easy when when everybody knows who you are and you're so respected so like I'm gonna see if I can lose my own audience who already loves me. Yes, and then get them back.
1: That's what I was gonna say because like when if you go to a Chappelle's, you know, if a Chappelle uh, gig, you know, everybody there probably fucking loves him. So he knows like he's just gonna kill it. So let's try to maybe throw a wrench in here and see what happens. And I think it's maybe a little easier when you're at that level. It's definitely easier, but also. Uh, comedy is so easy at that level it's so easy to get
0: consistent laughs because you've been you've been on stage a ton and they love you right why not make it tough i mean Mm -hmm. it's like it's heavy lifting it's like uh yeah that's a good point it's the the nba dunk contest i can just i can just dunk it easy every time you're right because i can try to do it through the legs and try to try to do a 360 that's what they're doing Uh uh-huh they're, they're trying to do the craziest dunk they can possibly do every time they go on stage.
1: You know, and I think that's really indicative. You find that in every domain where people practice and perfect something is, okay, now that I've got the basic moves down, okay, I know how to cook a steak now. I got yes. it. You got to do this. You got to do that. And it comes up medium rare perfect every time. Let's try to do something different. Maybe try a wood fire. Maybe try yep. a, a broiler. Maybe try a cast iron skillet. Maybe I should dry age it first. Yes. Maybe I should marinate it first. Maybe I sous vide. I don't know. And then you want to just see how far you can push it because you don't have to worry about. You got the basics down. Yeah, you don't have to worry anymore. Right. Like I, I, I know how to get from sea to land. So let's see if I can, you know, hop and skip from sea to land this time. Right. And if you were like a renowned
0: chef. And all you did was just make a basic steak, people would be like, This is this is all you're doing. Right, exactly. And I think that's kind of where those comics are.
1: Yeah. And and you know, sometimes me and my buddies say this like uh some some comics I found and, and they're funny, but they like rely on the sex jokes so much. Yeah, and like, like, of course it's gonna work. I look at it as the equivalent of like it's like the stand up equivalent of throwing a thirst trap on Instagram, like yeah. of course it's gonna kill. Yes. You know, but can you can you kill without you know showing showing your booty?
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I love the stuff where you're saying things that, uh, either the audience doesn't necessarily understand or that mm-hmm. challenges the audience a little bit. That's the best stuff. Oh yeah. If you can kind of, if you can almost, uh, intentionally aggravate them and then get them to laugh at the same time. Yes. I kind of do think that that's the best or, or go into a territory that's, that's darker than, than they anticipated.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Um, like, yeah, I, I think that's my favorite and it's not easier said than done. Sure
1: because it might fuck up.
0: Yes. Like I've been trying to do some st- and it's like I have some stuff uh that not everybody identifies with that I've figured out how to make work. Yeah. Like personal stuff, but I've tried to talk about um and I, you might you might identify with this degree, but like mm. maybe how uh you know, having as many friends as humanly possible or as ma- you know, that maybe that's not a good thing. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like maybe you can stretch yourself too thin socially or maybe maybe communities uh aren't so good a lot of the time mm-hmm. yeah like group think, uh, think. yeah yeah like yeah. uh one guy storming the capitol uh that guy's gonna get shot down immediately nothing happens
1: uh-huh uh-huh
0: a big group right 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 they're they're in they're literally uh in, you know in the yeah. oval office yeah yeah that's a pretty big difference and again i'm trying to figure out how to make that work on stage and a lot of the time people are like but people i like people right why but, is he saying this about people but it gets them thinking it gets them thinking a little, and I, what I want to do is figure out. And this is what someone like Bill Burr would do. I want to figure out how to kill with that, right? But that's a hell of a lot harder than killing with. Does, do you guys eat ass? Because they're
1: just going to laugh. Exactly, you're not like cognitively stimulating them. You're just you're you're hitting the easy button. Right. Right. Exactly. And there for
0: comedy there is a, a definitive easy button.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would I would think so. Like of course, you know, when you talk about, you know, oh, so my girlfriend did this shit and how many of you guys girlfriends do this shit? They're yeah. like, Oh my god, my oh, girlfriend does that all the time. Yeah. So you yeah. got their t- exactly, yeah. yeah. So, and there's some
0: things that can that can be construed as difficult but are actually easy. You know, it's okay, like uh yeah. you start talking about um like how you want to cheat on your girlfriend, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, that's kind of dark. That's kind of edgy." But actually, everybody thinks about it. Everybody's thought about it. Yeah. That. Oh, <laughs> that's not that crazy a topic. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You can you can uh, you can mask a topic and make it seem difficult when it's not, uh-huh. and do the inverse too. Like I love Jim Gaffigan. Do you know Jim Gaffigan? I love him too. He's, I, he's an amazing
1: comic. I think he's very underrated. He is. He's, he, one of, he's. I think he's one of the best alive. I've I've said he's like like. He is like the epitome of like dad joke. He is yeah. so good at that energy, but it's not. He's writing corny. his
0: own. He's writing his own dad jokes. It's not corny at all. You've never heard anyone say anything that he's saying. Yes. Yeah. And he would
1: seem like he's corny, exactly. but he's not.
0: Right. And and he'll say that he doesn't like lobster. Yeah. And most people or pizza or something. Yeah. Most people like pizza. Uh huh. So that's kind of the same thing as going like groups are bad.
1: I see what you're saying, but he's
0: doing it in a way that's not inherently offensive. Yeah. But he's still challenging the audience. He's,
1: you know, he's stroking the cat against the yeah. hair. Yeah, exactly. Like in his
0: in his most recent special, he did a bit about um, uh, making fun of uh, bands, like uh, like marching bands. Mm-hmm. And again, like a lot of people kind of like, especially like middle America, they're like, why Why would you hate a marching band? And then he and then he uh, lays out all the points. Point one, two, three, and by the end. Whether or not you agree with them, you're laughing. Exactly. That's the best stuff.
1: Exactly, exactly. And if
0: it's about marching bands or, um, you know, some really taboo, dark thing that Dave Chappelle is going to do, it's all kind of the same. The question is, uh, are you challenging yourself in the audience?
1: You know, I think that really is a a good segue into, like, the next uh something i want to talk about and this goes back to one of your uh i saw you posting the other day you were watching uh rogan and peterson's podcast oh yeah 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 and you know i've 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 been a quite a fan of jordan the last couple of years i love
0: both of those guys for different reasons yeah but, but also th- there are things you can critique
1: of course yeah, yeah. exactly and do i agree with everything – sucks for me like all my friends think i like i like worship peterson i'm like i don't worship him like i do like a lot of what he has to say i don't agree with everything he has to say because we're there's definitely some we're different people yeah yeah, yeah. um but i remember you were saying uh like i love these guys but like this podcast is just grinding my gears and and, and i didn't listen to the whole thing so like what was it about it i I don't know oh well
0: uh here's the thing i think if you're as successful as those two guys yeah that's a good point yeah Mm -hmm. you can Take a, f- a huge dump on your podcast. Oh, yeah. And people are just going to applaud it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. Like, you know, Chappelle and these guys can say anything because they already got the, they've already won the audience it's before kinda, they walked it's
0: in. It's kind of like, it's just those easy laughs. We're excited to see, hear these guys. Uh, P- Jordan Peterson, for half of it, was was literally uh, describing the etymology of music. What? He's just like, so this is like how. Like he's a musician. No, no, not even. Like, like he's, <laughs> like he, uh, Honestly, like Joe Rogan has like a developmental disability or something, you know? What I mean? Oh, I and he's see what not you're talking. Saying. It's not like he's talking down to Joe Rogan. He didn't think he was doing that, yeah. yeah or yeah. the audience or anything. But he's like, you know, music has this, these beats and a rhythm, and then you get, ex- and then it gets brings people in because there's these lyrics, and it's like, are we two years old? Yeah, I I see what you're saying. See, I didn't see these. And that parts went on for that. like half an hour. No oh, fuck. And, and again, and again, uh, they both. Uh, Jordan Peterson in particular has great things to say. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, I was just kind of blown away that that he was able to expand on that idea in so much detail and not realize how silly it was.
1: Exactly to be talking about that, or to maybe think like maybe like nobody gives a fuck about this dude. Like yes, do you think he... I have
0: so much to say that so many people care about? But I'm going to describe um, how. Me... Why people enjoy music?
1: You know, that reminds me of is the those Neil deGrasse Tyson Rogan episodes, yeah. and I've ever since I saw those, I'm like, I really dislike this guy. He's like, <laughs> well, they, he's such guys, an egomania. They're both extremely smart, yeah. But if you again, if if people
0: are applauding you so often, it's easy to develop a little bit of egomania and just get obsessed with yourself.
1: Not only that, but here's here's my theory on them two. I hate to say it, but yeah, both of them is, is there. I mean, think about what it was like growing up as them as kids. They were probably really nerdy and picked on all the time. Now they're now finally they're, yeah, popular.
0: Yeah. And that's when you start a sex cult or something. That's when you, that, and that's, that's why people do bad. Like, so, uh, I bet that there's some stuff that's going to come out about Bill Gates. Uh, For sure. In the relatively near future. For sure. And it's not, it's not cause he's always been a, a like a, a maniacal bad guy. It's because he was probably made fun of and had a hard time socially. Yes, and didn't know what to do with his new power.
1: Yes, and, and the thing is, is he can express it different ways. It's actual power now. Like oh he no, has no, millions of viewers, I... followers, money—just like he can. I, I can only imagine what that does to somebody no, no, Bill, who's got Bill Bill built up resentment.
0: And I'm not saying that, that I know that he's done anything wrong. Yeah, I'm just but, guessing. I mean, um, Bill Gates is a has the power to be like Alexander the Great or Attila the Hun or yeah. any of those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just ravish. Yeah, people. Yeah, do horrible things. Yeah, they could. They he has could. the potential to do it if he wants to, like what you doing? The do? same way Jeffrey Epstein did, and he did,
1: and he did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember just I I remember I even saw a compilation on YouTube of like every time Neil deGrasse Tyson interrupted Joe. You remember you yes, that episode? I've and he was those, just like yeah. he was just like if he does that one more time, you think he's like yeah. ready to punch this guy yeah, because yeah, he yeah, thinks yeah. he like. Every, he, it's he's one of those people that, that thinks that everybody's just waiting to hear what they have to say. Yeah. Let me enlighten you on how about this really works. And because so I, I studied engineering in college. So I'm pretty familiar with all those people in science and engineering and physics. Physicists might be the worst. And it's. Be, That's interesting. It's, well, they take themselves really seriously. Well, first of all, I need the hardest science. I would put, you know, engineers are definitely smart people. But I would say on average to be a physics major, you got to be smarter. Yeah. Like, these are really, really smart people. And especially physicists compared to engineers, what are you studying? You are studying the fabric of how the entire universe works. So I think in their minds, who knows more than them? Because even a psychologist like Jordan Peterson is like, well, you're a psychologist. You know how the mind works. But the mind wouldn't work without forces and atoms and molecules. So, like, you know, my understanding of science is more fundamental than yours. I think
0: that's valid. I mean, there's there's kind of an inherent uh, hierarchy and arrogance. Oh, totally built into the sciences, the totally, disciplines. Totally, totally. And the the softest science of is like, uh, you know, anthropology or something, stuff right? Like that, yeah. Qualitative, uh, something yes. extremely qualitative, and the and the hardest not mean uh, not necessarily the, hard, the most difficult, but just the ones that's the most provable, right? Mm-hmm. Is physics concrete? Yeah, so, things so, that you can see. So if you go into physics, you're like all that other stuff is bullshit. I'm right. a physicist.
1: Yeah, and and even more than chemists because because chemistry wouldn't be chemistry without well, physics, uh, exactly. And then biology wouldn't be biology yes. without chemistry. Yep. So no, that's the hierarchy. And it's
0: like the um, yeah. you know, caste system. Yeah, in India it, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and the the uh, in that system, the untouchables would be anthropologists. Oh yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a
1: really good point. And it's and and I think physicists in particular dislike engineers more than the rest of them because engineers think they like they're into physics and like building stuff and understand how shit works but they're like but you you engineers wouldn't know anything if physics wasn't there to provide the foundation for you and they're not going into nearly as much depth as a physicist would exactly whereas an engineer is like you know even Einstein was like kind of (sighs) um Didn't like that his son wanted to be an engineer. That's funny because he's like, why do you? Why would you want to be an engineer? Just do, physics. do a phys, yeah, like do physics. You, you you'll understand more. You'll you understand how the depths of why things work. As an engineer, just follows the formulas that a physicist made. Right. So it's like they're beneath them.
0: That's interesting. That is how it works.
1: Yeah. So that's how that's how viewed. Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's like, and I actually so he's I, looking I,
0: down on everybody. Everybody. 100%, and imagine
1: yeah. somebody like Joe, who's a fighter, who's you know a talk show host. He's yeah. like. He's just Neil deGrasse Tyson is just glad he's on the show, but deep down inside he he's feels like, who's so- this
0: doofus I'm hey, talking to? You, which, which again, I think that's the success of Joe Rogan
1: is his humility of it. Well,
0: humility is huge, but also even by accident, yeah. If he's talking to Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's actually pretty good at um, disseminating his information for people yeah. who aren't physicists, yeah. yeah. But if he has to uh, get the information through the filter of Joe Rogan, yeah, everybody will understand it.
1: That's that's a really good point. Yeah, exactly. That's
0: why I think that's why his podcast is so good cuz no matter who he's talking to they're talking to Joe Rogan. Yeah. And if Joe Rogan gets it the vast majority of people will get it when uh, uh, outside of like fighting or comedy because he knows that a little better than most people.
1: Right. And that's a really good point. And that's may- maybe like the difference between, and I love Lex Friedman and his podcast and everything, but that's the difference between maybe those two podcasts is because unless Lex you're is, like kind of geeking into science and higher education, you're not really going to You're going to miss out on a lot of stuff. You're going to, exactly. Because he brings on like really smart engineers, physicists, yep. scientists. I listen to a bunch of it. I love it when he talks to comics. I love it too. Like they make when he has fun Tim... of him. oh yeah. yeah, like when when Tim Dillon. That's I love amazing. the Tim Dillon
0: ones. Whitney Cummings and Tim Dillon. I forget who else he's talked to, but it's always funny because uh, they're they're both fish out of water talking to each other. Oh, totally. There's no reason they should be talking to each other. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a great dynamic.
1: It's almost like the old uh, that one of those old Robin Williams um, specials where he was talking about um, what do you call him? like in zoos where they put two pandas together and like, all right, mate. And then the panda's like, I would never fuck that panda. Are you kidding me? That's like the, if you knew anything about the panda world, you would know that that is one ugly panda <laughs> bitch. So it's like, okay, let's get these two famous people together. Like yes. when Tim Dillon and Jordan Peterson did a podcast and it's like, okay, we're both, we both pull numbers. In Everybody media, wants us to do this. People, yeah, let's sure. just do this. Yeah.
0: Yes. And, and they should never be in the same room with each other. Yeah. Right. And actually a lot of the time I feel that way about comics. Like, mm. People I've met doing comedy, I probably would have never met, oh, much less yeah. hung out with. Right. And it's cool. Right. It's cool to meet people with totally different backgrounds. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but if I'm if I'm at a bar or hanging out after a show with with like five comics, those generally that's five people who should not be in a room together. Oh really? Uh, not for any bad reason, yeah, yeah, but it just yeah. wouldn't happen. Okay. Yeah. Under yeah, 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 that's
1: interesting. yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: Who if if they uh. Did something other than comedy if they did whatever they're meant to do other than comedy, they would never meet
1: that's a really good point do you find, it brings
0: people together in a, in a weird way
1: do you find that um you know I imagine a lot of comics you know kind of just you know are trying to do that when they can like nights and stuff and they have like a day job or whatever do you find like there's very different people and personalities and temperaments like in comedy as far as like oh yeah, you know what I mean like they're not all Oh, we just make, we're all the same because we like to make funny jokes, but like they're pers- you know what I mean, they're all very different. Yeah. It's extreme I think it's kind of always
0: been like that, but probably even more so now, because of social media and the internet, it's much more accessible and people realize they can do it. If you listen to podcasts that, about comedy, right, right, right. it makes it seem possible.
1: It does, yeah. That's why I was writing down stuff. Yeah, I, like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. Whereas
0: I think in the in the nineties or earlier, yeah, uh, of course. It it took a lot more balls to get on stage. And actually, I'm kind of stunned that more people aren't more afraid to go on stage now. Oh, really? Yeah. I think uh, for, for whatever reason, I think, and it's been said before, the shame of like uh, public humiliation mm-hmm. is kind of gone because everybody's got stuff up online.
1: That's a good point. Everybody's like. Uh... They've already been they've already been humiliated. Yeah. If you're born. It's born like a threshold folk, is higher. Yeah.
0: There's a weird photo. Of, everyone has a weird photo of themselves online. Oh, everybody! If anyone... you want, to, if you want to shame someone, you can post a photo. Oh yeah, of anybody.
1: Oh yeah, and and the worst photos everybody has is on their MySpace. <laughs> well, and the irony, yeah, and part of the, part of the irony here is, is like, a lot of those horrible photos people posted those and they wanted them online. Oh yeah, it's like your sixteen year old cringe, like I just got a quicksilver jacket. Yeah. Let me, like pose yeah, exactly or you yeah. made a
0: video that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> Everybody's got stuff like that o- online. You can find it. Some
1: old Facebook status you put on ten years ago, I'm like yeah. I can't believe used to post this shit every day. Or I even a TikTok cool. video from two weeks ago. Everybody's got something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very good. Uh
0: that's that's silly and and should not be online.
1: That's a really good point. Everybody's like uh, uh threshold for humiliation has really been like It's funny. And up. I, I don't and it's Uh, that
0: sounds on on paper like a good thing Uh, like we can handle more humiliation I don't know if it's necessarily so good yeah well look at the island boys yeah exactly (laughs) no exactly there are people who are willing to just shoot in the dark and a lot of the time it works
1: yeah that's a good point you know and and that's a really good point actually um so much of that has has that has happened so much in so many different domains in the last 10 years like with all this like you know film equipment i have even 5 years ago some stuff was still so exorbitantly expensive and just the way technology has changed and you know really what's changed a lot is manufacturers in china are making really good stuff nowadays yeah um and it's really accessible that's what it is it's so accessible to people now so now a lot of people who maybe shouldn't be making content are making a lot of content because it's so easy you can do like film 4k (laughs) 60 frames a second on your phone now
0: and everybody can get better anybody can improve but um the barrier of entry is so low barrier of entry is low and some of the nuance isn't emphasized Mm -hmm. and actually i the the algorithm sort of upset me at times, too, because there are things that go Tell viral. About it. Tell me about it. That I, I'm just like, I know why this is going viral, but it shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. And, and you've, I'm sure you've heard people talk about this, but supposedly, I don't know if this is true, but you'd have a better understanding of this than mm. me, probably. Supposedly, uh, like TikTok in America and TikTok in China, the algorithm is totally different. Oh, I've
1: heard of that. Okay. Yes. So yes. they're
0: promoting engineering, stuff basically, like basically, yeah. in China. Yeah, they want their country to do well. Yeah, exactly. And in America, they're promoting—you know—it's uh, oh. n- a hacky joke. But nurses who are dancing while their patients are, you know, uh, collapsed behind. You know what I mean? People, nurses who are dancing while they're clocked in.
1: you any yeah, idea mean, how many like nurses. We're in the
0: middle of a pandemic, and people are doing like elaborate dances. Yep, 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 in scrubs. Yep,
1: yep, and and who knows? Like that might be some long-term strategy. And I remember this—I uh, forget her name—but she did a Rogan podcast a couple years ago when he was still in LA. She was this little. Um, Asian woman she was like from Singapore or something I think I don't know what her profession was but she was talking they were talking about China like you know the problems we have with China stuff and like maybe are we going to be- go to war one day she goes well we realize that China's playing the long game and they've always played the long game that you know people forget that the US is only a few hundred years old that's like a dynasty in China <laughs> that's one of many dynasties yeah, yeah, and yeah. so like they know how to you know make empires and and you know crash and come back again and they understand that oh. whole thing so You know,
0: maybe we are resilient, but we don't know how to crash and come back. We have no idea. We've never
1: crashed and came back. They've crashed and come back. That's very different. Yeah. And she goes, you know, they're playing the long game. And, you know, maybe stuff like that is like the long game. You know, maybe after five years of Americans doing this on TikTok and five years of us doing that on TikTok and maybe 10 years and then a whole generation of doing that. Now, where are their students going to be compared to our students? And it's just. Oh, it's it's brilliant.
0: It's the long game. It's no, I if that's what they're doing, it's brilliant.
1: If if that is, yes, speculation, yeah. But I,
0: it probably is. Sounds about it doesn't right. surprise me. If you look on TikTok, uh, right. you know, someone uh popping a pimple is gonna get more views than someone actually saying something. It's
1: ridiculous what what is so pop what's popular on TikTok now. Like Well, and it's it's just
0: like uh it's clickbait. It's you know? all but, clickbait. But but the issue is we've been turned into our own clickbait people. Yeah. Whereas oh, yeah. you know, five ten years ago, it was like marketers who were just trying to get people to click on things. Now people are making their own clickbait content that's
1: not uh, good. It's not good quality. Exactly. Exactly. It's like it's disturbing. Yep. Yep. And you know that's one thing they say because and I do a lot of what I do my data days. So I do a lot of private tutoring. I have a company okay. with that. And um, you know what people would say: don't teach to the test. If we're always teaching to the test, like you know, this is how you pass the SAT instead of right, learning right, right. just to learn. Right. So. You know, people are making content for the algorithm. They're not just making stuff because the algorithm is dictating this that's, is what we want you to do.
0: And maybe that's like my own selfish concern. Maybe it's my own ego that's frustrated by that because I, I don't have the ability to do that.
1: Ugh, I've like tried a little bit. I'm like, but this is so compromising. It feels like
0: selling your soul.
1: Oh, soul.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I'll make, I'll make stuff and occasionally something will get a lot of views and I'll wonder why.
1: Yeah, right? right. And,
0: and you realize, like, oh, I mentioned uh pot, I mentioned what it would be like to be a dad. Okay. And dad hits in the algorithm or something like oh. that. And it's not even a good clip, like relative to my other clips. Right, right, right. Or I mentioned Joe Rogan. That gets tons of views because right. he's famous.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: you realize, oh, I, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. I don't think it's the best thing I've ever done, but it has the most views that I've ever gotten. Yes. Uh, and then you do something you think is great that gets, like, more comments mm-hmm. than anything you've ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh right. But it gets not that many views – like something shouldn't have, um, you know, like 10 uh, – comment ratio of like 10% of the views. Right, 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 right. That seems physically impossible. That What that means is it's actually good, but the algorithm hates it.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. You know saying. what I mean? Yeah, as yeah, far yeah. as I'm
0: – from my vantage point, that's what it seems yeah, like. Yeah, because
1: the people are actually taking the time to, like, personally respond to something. If, but
0: if everybody's dying laughing and commenting, it sh- more people should see it. I see what you're saying. And if three people go, oh, yeah, that's okay, and then tons of people see it, uh. it's it, there's something off there. But it's because you're you're meeting some algorithmic element. And it's being distributed. It's it's a real
1: mystery, and I don't think.
0: And they have so much control. That's an that's another group. Mark Zuckerberg, watch out for that guy.
1: Yeah, I mean something about he's him like he's seem... Genghis
0: Khan. <sighs> Who knows yeah. what he's doing? He's raping and pillaging virtually.
1: Yes, and the thing is, uh, the scary thing is, he doesn't look like a Genghis Khan. You know, at least Genghis oh, Khan he... looked menacing. You no, expected well, it.
0: Yeah, the, the new the new villains are autistic. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right? He has it looks like he has no soul. That's the similarity that's really, to Gang of Con. That, That's a good
1: example. Like yeah, he looks just so, you know, like
0: nothing against autistic people, of course, but there, he's missing something.
1: It's almost like he he maybe he lacks like a certain empathetic circuit in him that he just does not give I think a there's fuck.
0: Some, and also he's another guy. How did he grow up? What was his childhood like? Yeah, man. Well, what's that? You saw the movie Social Network. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And and you know the story of Facebook. It yeah, started yeah. with him having trouble dating, basically. Yeah. And that that was like uh, one instance that didn't seem that bad. I bet he got made fun of and bullied. They and all do. Things. They all do. And the internet is like um, such a a rug pull for all the bullies in the world. Oh yeah. And such a boon for all the people oh, yeah. who were bullied. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because. Uh, the people who did the bullying, actually, ironically, I bet Joe Rogan did a lot of bullying. I And bet he's benefited he did. from the internet. I bet he did. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I would guess, you know. Just
1: pushing some kid. Yeah, starting uh, a fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, but a lot of people who have benefited from the internet or created the internet mm-hmm. were people who probably had a hard time socializing in person. Sure.
1: Yeah. Any, like, scientific, geeky person probably got picked on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, when I say that, you know, I was, I'm not like a, you know, I studied engineering, but I'm, I was never, I'm not like a math genius. There's a lot of people way freaking smarter than me. Like when I see these people on Lex Fridman, I'm like, I am so beneath <laughs> these guys. Like, um, but I understand that kind of nerdy, you were that picked on vibe. I yeah. get it.
0: And I, um, I, I studied, know where they're coming from. I studied psychology. Yeah. But I went to, uh, in particular, I went to grad school at a school where like, that was the environment. Oh, just like uh kids who don't go outside.
1: Oh, so there wasn't jocks and stuff no, to pick on you. No. no, no, yeah, no. no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I remember
0: they uh, undergrad graduation happened and uh and there were kids in their cap and gown in the library. What? No, it's because they are like yeah. that's where they go.
1: Oh, yeah, they're yeah. They're like yeah. watching
0: soccer or something. They're just hanging out because that's where they hang out. Yeah. But there's nowhere there's no world outside of the library.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And those
0: are the kind of guys who were who are going to be like um I'm gonna make a way to socialize where I win. Yeah, because I haven't won. Because I have Socializing won. normally.
1: I think that's a really good point. I haven't won. I'm gonna try to find a way that I can win. I, and and it's it's their chance to control uh, human interaction. To
0: control, yeah. And that happened what in like 2004 or whatever it was. Oh, pretty yeah. pretty recently. Yeah. Up until then, if you were a nerd, maybe you could make a lot of money and then have a nice car and then swindle some women or something. Yeah. yeah but you couldn't dictate human interaction. Yeah,
1: what a what a thing to say that you can do now.
0: Yeah. What an ego trip that must give him like I can't even imagine someone like Mark Zuckerberg. <sighs> yeah. And you've seen him interviewed. He's not a social guy.
1: No, he's. you're right. He's like lifeless
0: in the way he speaks. He's like he, a robot. He's about as far from a, a social being as possible.
1: It's probably and that's probably just a massive component of why he's so good at what he does. He doesn't feel the need to yeah it's like no uh, um foster relationships and socialize and get out he goes why would i want to do that but and also in in a in a broader way
0: like um more of like a macro yeah. uh description he doesn't care about if if it uh doesn't help society or people right yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. cuz it
0: it seems a little counterproductive to me I and mean, and i've heard you talk about this on other podcasts mm. and i completely agree yeah it's the kind of thing that uh, I'm mostly saying inside my head, usually not out loud that mm, much, because yeah. I don't want to uh, <laughs> annoy people because I'm thinking all the time. We don't need any of this shit. Yeah, We yep. need bridges, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things that people build through technology that we need. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. do not need anything that the metaverse is creating.
1: You know... I think, I don't know if his intentions were originally pure. I mean, who knows? I I think it was,
0: well, also, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm actually really curious about your opinion on this, because I've I've thought about this in terms of doing a bit about it. Potentially, I don't even know where the humor is, but I think it's an interesting idea, maybe.
1: Yeah. Most of
0: these social media companies, or, like, uh, social enterprises, Mm -hmm. were made by accident.
1: Okay. It seems
0: that way to me, and that's how most inventions are to some degree, right? Sure, sure. But, like, it seems like he kind of slipped and he's really smart, really smart, but he slipped and fell into Facebook.
1: I think he maybe didn't realize how much it would yes. – it turned into something different. And, and and just look at how Instagram was a few years ago, maybe five years ago, how Facebook was five, seven, eight years ago. It was more like pure is maybe the way that, to speak that's it. That's what I'm thinking. Is, yeah. is, and then now to realize – and now when he realized, oh, how much – people are invested in this and how much money can be made by this and it just totally changes and that's something peterson always says and i think it's such a brilliant thing He goes, systems tend toward corruption is if, yeah. it, if it goes long enough enough it gets algorithmized enough it becomes enough of a predictable so model you understand how it works people start investing in it and it starts to take a very engineered um agenda
0: path now, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I love the idea of just vilifying social media alone. Yeah. But that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will happen with anything. It is, exactly. It, it does yeah. happen
1: with anything. I mean, just think about it as it could be as simple as a mom and pop shop that w- they were making, I don't know, beef jerky for their local yeah. town. And then they got really and then the popular. the guy who runs
0: Papa John says the N-word. That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but, um,
1: but what I'm saying with that is, you know, then maybe they start getting a lot of money. And then maybe they open up a second shop and then a third shop. And then they realize, wow, we can make a lot more money if we start mass producing this in a factory. And then people are like, oh, it's not the same as what it used to be. And there's always so many movies like that. Like, it's not the same what it used to be because money got involved. Yeah. It tends towards corruption.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. And if you're making a clothing line or something, you might end up using child labor at a oh, certain yeah. point because you gotta save money you gotta cut costs
1: yeah all these SJWs that are you know you know harping about how capitalism is so horrible like but you're tweeting it on your fucking iPhones everybody no I know yeah? I know
0: it's <laughs> 100% true and you're probably wearing a Nike t-shirt while you do yes, it yes yeah,
1: exactly and you just got your iPhone case on from Amazon
0: and when I was just in San Francisco doing shows and you also work for Facebook. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> San Francisco is is the, and I'm from, that's where I'm from originally, okay, yeah. and I have a lot of problems with it now Yeah, because yeah. it's changed a lot since I left. Mm. It's not like it was the best place in the world before, but it was a better place. Mm-hmm. Technology has decimated San Francisco. Really? Yeah. Socially. Okay. There's a lot of money. Yeah, a lot, lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. It's the most expensive place to live in, in America now. Is it really? Yeah. Um, supposedly it's more expensive than New York, which is wow. kind of stunning. Yeah, um. But it's because Amazon's right there, Facebook's right there, Google's right there. There right. are all these huge, huge outposts. Salesforce has almost taken over like wow uh you know, like a four mile, four by four mile uh and San Francisco's only fifteen by fifteen miles. I'd say uh, I'd say you know, a tenth of it is Salesforce now. Christ. The big the tallest building. And they have wow. like their own restaurants and coffee shops. They're just kind of expanding. It's like a monopoly. Through. They're they there's a chance that they'll take over the majority of the financial district in San Francisco. My it's God. so big. But the point is that you're doing, if you do shows there, the great thing about comedy is you get a sense of like the social landscape. Yeah, of course. Because you go on and you kind of get like a little sample of the population, depending on what kind of room you're in. Sure. And what they're willing to laugh at, what they think is funny inherently. right. right. And if you're in a red city or red state... They might laugh uh, with blood on their mouths when you talk about, like if I talk about being Jewish, they might laugh just because I say I'm Jewish. Yeah. Because uh-huh. they didn't, never met a Jew. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> not there. Yeah. It, like I'm thinking of, I did, I've did, i done shows in Colorado Springs, which is like a military city. Yeah. And I, I remember saying I don't celebrate Christmas because I'm Jewish. It was like mm-hmm. as an aside. It was like a tag. Mm-hmm. For, I was already kind of doing okay, and then I mentioned that because I just thought of it in the moment. And that got a bigger laugh than everything I said. I'm like, <laughs> You, I don't think you guys hate Jews, but you, you think that the notion of being Jewish is funny. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Which is not the best way to think about Jews, Uh you know. Um, So you can you can run into that kind of audience, of course, which is not all bad. Mm -hmm. Those are kind of fun audiences, honestly, because you can say anything.
1: Yeah. And and I was actually, I was going to ask about that earlier is, you know, you always hear about that. You know, what's like, the, what's like, what do you always see comedians doing when you watch like specials and stuff? It's like, hey, what's up, San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. It's so like, that's the thing when you travel, like get a taste of where you're at. Yes. Open up with something like that. Warm up to that specific population. Absolutely. And,
0: and if you're not from the area, it's really fun to make a couple of observations and see what they think about it. See right. if they identify with your pretty quick observations that you've made being in the city for a day or two or yeah. whatever it is um my but my sense i'm from san francisco right and i'll talk about certain things uh that are happening in san francisco or if you say anything remotely negative about a technology about any technology company they won't laugh they won't get it because that's their livelihood yeah yeah, yeah. but the irony in a city like that is these people all make 200 grand a year minimum minimum yeah minimum some of them make a ton of money yeah um and they're all they all consider themselves extremely socially conscious social justice workers
1: right like i'm doing the right thing yeah
0: which in and of itself is an oxymoron mm-hmm. you can't make that much money and actually care about people yeah. and you're working for a company like facebook that's ruining the fabric of society in a lot of ways mm-hmm. so that, and and they have no awareness of it
1: right well and how could you being surrounded by so much of it and like and how 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 detrimental would that be to your livelihood if you were? Yes, you know that... that's
0: true. We'd second guess every move you've ever made if, if oh, you start yeah. thinking like that. But part of me wants to tell them, wants yeah. to be like, "What are you guys doing? You're right. What of a course. bunch of morons!" But you can't go on stage and do that every time because they're going to hate
1: you. They're going to hate you. You're going to piss off everybody in that yes. room. Yes. Yeah, and at part a of very me wants level. to do that. I, I of I did, course,
0: I, I alluded to the idea that we've we've politicized a, a flu. Which is kind of yeah, silly.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. i, yeah. I
0: I'm work like I built that into another to a bit, and I like it as a as a like as a little joke in and of itself. You you could hear a pin drop when I said that. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> because that's not the right city to say that. And if I say that in San Diego, Sacramento, L.A., it'll work just fine.
1: Right. So this is in San Fran. You said that, in San yeah.
0: Francisco, and they're just like, how did this ask? Why did this guy say that? Why did this straight white man?
1: Right, exactly. Say that. Of all people. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: following a bunch of people who are really funny, but they're talking about being a lesbian. Right. Or they're talking about being a woman and men are the worst, you yeah. know? And then I go up and go, you know, it's a little stupid that we politicized an illness. <laughs> and crickets oh man and again other things work fine Uh uh-huh but that is not gonna work in that
1: city how'd you recover from that do you recover that was towards
0: the end of the set i was kind of going off on them a little and they enjoyed some of it and Uh then i tagged it with that and they were like whoa where the hell did that come you're like that's my time guys (laughs) (laughs) no you kind of you have to just find your footing you have to like keep going i was talking about pimple popping videos yeah and they love that Uh i i think i said something like uh Um, you know, some, it's, it's frustrating as a performer to see people doing so well, popping huge zits online. Of course it does. Yeah. yeah, And I was like, there's some guy, you know, building IBM, a new IBM through pimple popping videos, you know, and they love that. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And then I, and then I say that we politicized the flu and all that momentum's gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can see why a place like San Francisco wouldn't like something like that. It just, it's, it's a politically charged city. Well, yeah, because everybody—it's not that they're into the politics. There's they all work for the companies that you know that are, are social media that. that take from the politicians. Yeah, it's all they're
0: they're all intertwined. And yeah. something I want—I if I want to do anything on stage, I want to point out that sort of hypocrisy, of course. And there are certain cities where you just can't do it as much. You just
1: can't, yeah. Huh?
0: And for me, it's a little frustrating because it's like I'm home seeing family or something, and I want to do some shows. And I have to go up in one of the most politically skewed cities in the country.
1: Yeah, and you almost feel like, man, it's hard to call this place like you know. It's I'm not proud my home. of my home. No, yeah, it's not. Exactly. It doesn't
0: feel like my home anymore. Yeah, not even close. Mm-hmm. Like I went to school in the in the Richmond district, which is like the other side of the city that nobody mm-hmm. talks about. Okay. Like I went to school with a lot of guys who do construction now, or like a yeah. lot of, like my dad. My dad's a policeman. It was a lot of those kind of yeah, guys. yeah, blue collar yeah. Mm-hmm. For for San Francisco, about as blue collar as it gets. Right, yeah. It's right. a pretty. It's not a blue collar city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. that half of the city is much more blue collar. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go back and visit it, and you're, and you're like, that part of the city is going to be gone. Are they going to even? They're going to have to ship in policemen. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Are they even going to have people who do regular jobs in a city like that? Right. Yeah. Where exactly. the fuck are they going to get these people from?
1: Yeah, and and that's another thing I always uh of it as well because i can do a lot of teaching and tutoring and you know everybody's you know college 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 and i'm like it's not it's not for everybody and i'm yes. just saying it's it's uh, i wish i hadn't done it right i feel yeah. like i wasted my time i didn't go past bachelor's um i just as much as i work in education and helping people in fact i've had students text me today like i can't solve this equation <laughs> um <laughs> no
0: it sounds like you're using your education very well and and you yeah. got, and you respect your education i do yeah i'm very grateful for it yeah yeah and i and i do too but like Part of, like I think there are a lot of people out there who wish that they hadn't spent quite as much time in a certain area of study
1: so much time and so much money yeah, yeah that too
0: uh-huh.
1: that too yeah like um and I guess I, I I get that feeling because you know I work with these kids who are in geometry precalculus calculus and they're struggling so hard and I'm like I'm like you're actually never really gonna use this so <laughs> like that's funny so I've always you could
0: say that on stage. That would actually work as a bit. Okay, I'll, yeah, I'll keep that in mind. That's, that's good to know from you. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So, um, because I've always felt, you know, have everybody take like algebra one, and just leave it there. If you want to go past that, if you're going to go in the science technology field, great, go past it. But like for general purposes, you pass even pre-algebra, algebra one, like that's fine. You guys are good. But like geometry, trig, algebra two, pre-calc, that's like intense stuff. That unless you're in a scientific field, you're never really going to use. So why are we pushing this so hard on the people? Like, you have to understand this. there's something wrong with you if you don't get it. And this is coming from a math guy whose livelihood comes from this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it just doesn't make sense. Are you just having them Pass these math classes because that's what the colleges want, and you're trying to get them to get the college. But maybe these people who don't really resonate with math and science, and that's not to say that they don't have the intelligence for it. There's actually a lot of people I work with that are very smart. They just couldn't give less of a fuck about this, which is fine. But or even the ones that that really do struggle with it, that maybe just they have to work ten times as hard in this geometry class to pass it. Right. Maybe it's not for them, and maybe college isn't for them. And and why are we casting this poor light on blue collar jobs and tradesmen yeah, and 100%. craft workers? And
0: Especially if they enjoy it.
1: Enjoy it, and and as you sure, you probably know as well as I do. If you grew up with people like that in construction and stuff, and people who are, you know, contractors, you can make an ass load of I don't, money. Yeah.
0: Um, Holy shit. My uh, plumbers. I don't even know what he would be. Tech- my uh, my girlfriend's sister's husband yeah. does f- has a flooring company. Oh god. Yeah. He makes a killing. Killing. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good business to get into. Yeah. And there is a little bit of like uh, mathematics applied, of course. But, but that goes back but to what I was practical. saying earlier. That
1: goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like yeah. haven't passed pre algebra, algebra one. Yeah. It doesn't he probably just uses basic addition, subtractions, yes. fractions, and decimals. Oh, he knows he knows them forwards, backwards, and sideways yes. though. But it's pretty much just arithmetic. It's not solving equations no. and graphing parabolas and none of that. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But you do have to know that basic stuff well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I, don't th- I don't think that the answer is what they do in China. No. Where they're like doing muscle biopsies on four-year-olds and they put them in an Olympic sport. You know about that?
1: Yeah, no, I haven't heard about that. But Jesus that, that, Christ. As
0: far as I know, that's a legitimate thing. Like they'll, they'll literally take a little piece of a muscle out of a four-year-old kid oh who shows promise or whatever. <laughs> and, and, they, and they go, for the rest of your life, you will be an Olympic shot putter. Based on your four-year-old muscle tissue. What
1: the fuck?
0: So there's no free will. Well, and again— Free will is good.
1: That's where those countries and cultures are very different. And 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 I experience this a lot because in the engineering departments, um, there's a lot of foreign professors, a lot of foreign students, a lot from the Middle East, a lot from China. it's a lot of Arabic, Persian, and Chinese that come to study engineering here. And um, they always shit on how, like, lazy and stupid all our students are here. Like, it's so much harder over there. And you know, you kids have no discipline here. You have no respect for your teachers, and but I also think the cultures in those countries are just so different that it's that's never going to work here. Like that whole, you're going to do this for the rest of your life because we told you to. That shit doesn't work in America,
0: right? <laughs> no, it's true. And there there are some benefits to being a little bit more independent inherently. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, we we've, we've created a lot of cool stuff that that Chinese people just wouldn't necessarily gravitate to. No, no. Uh, but they're better at a lot of things too. Like I, um, I, you know, a kid in my lab when I was in college was from China and he was like, I mean, I know, I knew how to do stats. Like I knew how to do them. He Mm -hmm. was like night and day better. Yeah. Yeah. I was a senior. He's a freshman. and like, you just, you can do the stats, man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I'm sure
1: for, for psych, I do a lot of statistical. Oh, of course you do. And, but this
0: guy is like going to be a professor of stats at some point. And I'm just trying to do the bare minimum to be able to make my study look like I care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we yeah. checked
1: this out. We had enough people in the sample. It exactly. Like t test is is good. Exactly. <laughs> you know? yep. It's funny, actually. I I took statistics myself after I graduated because I knew a lot of it had a big demand. A lot of people needed help in it, but it wasn't required class in my major. So I actually like took it after college, and I, I learned I learned about stats it.
0: Yeah. are, are interesting. And actually, like a a preliminary understanding of stats is nice if you if like you're trying to um fact check anything
1: and oh yeah oh.
0: that's why stats i think are useful for the reg- for regular old people
1: i've told people um, they're like what's like when am i ever going to use this what's the most useful math class i'm like honestly guys probably stats yeah that's probably the well, most useful you, one you
0: want to figure out how actually lethal something like covid is yeah. Right. Don't listen
1: to CNN. Look at the numbers. Yeah. yeah. Look at the actual numbers. Or that's why I tell people. So one of the things you know we learned is conditional probability. And it's like okay, so you know we took the sample from everybody, but you know of the people who had underlying conditions versus the people who didn't have underlying conditions. Like how you take the sample is well. Huge. That's that's the
0: other thing. I think the, again how I, many people were in it. In hindsight, I wish I had started stand-up when I was four years old. I oh, wish yeah. I had gotten a muscle biopsy and they said you're a male, straight, white comic yeah that'd be funny yeah right <laughs> i don't think they would have said that uh, <laughs> um i wish i wish that uh or i i i think everybody should take a experimental design class
1: mm-hmm.
0: just to understand how uh, how like make a study how yeah how a st- an effective study is conducted because mm-hmm. again if you watch fox cnn right. msnbc any news network they're constantly telling you what happened in the study yes but they don't tell you what, this, what the study what actually was.
1: happened during the study. Yeah, exactly. how the study was conducted, which is everything.
0: And did they retest the study? The answer almost definitely is no.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's like, and that's uh, you need to take several samples to make a sampling distribution to see yes. how consistent your samples were with like the general population. And yes. does it was it normal? And even Peterson has said in some studies he goes, first of all, when he was like talking to the like uh, what do you call it uh, the Canadian Parliament, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes, well, first of all. Um, was your study randomly selected? Because if it wasn't, off the bat, yeah. nothing. So yes. like that stuff is- Is it double
0: blind? There, there are a bunch of criteria that should be met immediately. Just
1: off the bat, if I'm even going to look at it.
0: And even then it still could be a crappy study.
1: Mm-hmm. Even then. If you check off every box, my buddy, he's uh, he's a professor of uh, evolutionary biology, I think, uh-huh. it is. and um, he said there's something called p hacking. Do you know what that is? Like p value, like you're screw- oh, screwing yeah. with your p value to make sure, like, okay, let's change that. That's okay, fine. All right, that looks good enough. No, no of course all right, that passes. Honestly, um,
0: part of the reason that I wanted to get out of psychology mm. is because it just uh, that's a. F- I never heard anybody use the term p hacking. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's something like. No, that. No, no, no. That sounds right. Um, right. Mm-hmm. It was just psychology to me in hindsight like elite academic psychology is just a it's an arms race of p-hacking oh really like how the how do we make people think we found something yeah yeah, so that we can get funding it's all about funding yeah
1: he told me that too Mm.
0: and I and, and and again in hindsight I did effectively have the muscle biopsy because all I was good at was proposing the study. <laughs> yeah. I was extremely ambitious. I would lay out a mixed method study. I was better at public speaking than most of the kids who were into it. Yeah. Not that I was good, but I was just better yeah, than, yeah, yeah. than kids who do that. Mm-hmm. I was better than the guy. Um, I think his name was Xi. It sounds a little. Xi Jinping. Sounds like I'm being <laughs> racist or something. But that, I think <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. Name, yeah. He's a really sweet guy, but I think that was his name. Um, He was a genius. Yeah. But he wasn't gonna give a speech the way I was. He wasn't gonna sell uh, a proposal to get money the way I was. But
1: you could have the best plan there. But if you don't present it exactly. well, just the presentation. He would, he would
0: put together a great plan, right? And then undersell it or not know how to deliver it, etc. I was pretty good at delivering it and getting the money, and then I would have no idea what to do with the money. Uh huh. And then I'd uh-huh. need someone like G, exactly, to help me figure out what the fuck I was gonna do for the study. But um, what was I saying? Oh, so. What ends up happening is you don't find exactly what you anticipated to find. You never do. Never, right? Because how mm-hmm. how could how could you mm-hmm. if yeah. it's an accurate uh, representation of of the general population? Odds are you're not going to find exactly what you hypothesized. So right. You find something that's tangentially related to it, and you have to kind of squint at the data uh-huh. and then go, "Yeah, that's kind of good," and then that's your whole finding. Uh huh. You know what I mean?
1: So I've told. Um... I've told the students I work with, and again, it sounds like you're much more knowledgeable about stats than me. I just kind of know it at the academic level, basic academic level. I, I mean, and
0: I don't, I don't, know. I, I knew a little when I did it, but it's been a while. I don't know much.
1: Yes, and so what I tell students though is, it's, it's not as concrete as algebra, where like x plus one equals three, therefore x equals two. It's really gray area, and it's uh, my memory. It, my it, memory is like it's more of an art than a science. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Well, it, basically, what you're
0: trying to do is, and I think psychology is more of an art than a science, oh, which is sure. problematic because it's it's treated like a science. Mm-hmm. So what you're what you're trying to do is turn essentially like a form of philosophy, where you're just hypo uh, you're just posturing and then trying to support it. That's really what philosophy is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's through rhetoric. Mm-hmm. You're you're basically doing the initial phase of philosophy and then trying to support it with numbers.
1: Mm. Which doesn't quite work. It doesn't sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. But when it doesn't, it really doesn't. And maybe some things aren't meant to be quantified with a p value. That's kind of what it seems like to
0: me. And I, I think most psychology studies, if if it holds any water, it's pretty loose, and it should not be publicized as if it's final, right. as if it's like yeah. an axiom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with that.
1: It's not like physics. It's not like gravity. No, no. Mm-hmm.
0: Again, I'm uh, a Hard science to soft science, yeah, right. right, right. Psychology is pretty low on the totem pole, yeah. And and if you're going to really conclusively find anything, you have to test it over and over and over again with big populations, yeah, exactly. Most of these, most psychology studies are done at uh, a relatively small university Hmm. in a relatively small city Mm -hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. that's not generalizable.
1: Not at all. Like to the culture, to the region, like how can you extrapolate that to other populations? Because yeah, you, can't. you go
0: like this is basically what you're finding out at like Michigan State is in East Lansing. You're going like, yeah. this is how hungover kids in East Lansing feel Yes. about taking a test. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and that's what I always tell students like when they're writing like their conclusions and stuff. I'm like, you have to be extremely specific about the po- about your sample that yes. you measured because you can't just say... Um, all high school students hate this class. You can say the high school students at your school in this state, in this town, in this city hate this class. That's all that's, and again, if you're going <laughs> to, that's pub- all it's saying. If you're going to publish it in nature, mm-hmm. you
0: better say that because otherwise people are going to misinterpret what you say you found. And
1: then here comes CNN or Fox News saying high school students hate this They've class. They've proven proved blah, and, and either, it's true they have. You don't prove, for that tiny sample. But also,
0: you don't prove anything. You can't yeah. prove anything. You can only disprove something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can't prove shit except for gravity, except for like the mm. laws of physics. Mm.
1: Exactly, and and how many confounding variables and connected things that you oh don't know are, are affecting
0: something. And, and again, all I really know is is psychology when it comes to this kind of thing. Yeah, you are. It's littered with confounding variables. That's all it is. Yeah, and you're just you're kind of looking the other way so that you can get some money. It's all you can do. It's all yeah. you can
1: do because it's not gonna. You're not gonna get a nice concrete number. It's not algebra. It's not physics. Yes. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, no, that's how I feel too.
1: Yeah, and I'm. I think we went off on this tangent because I brought up uh Peterson. Oh uh, yeah. Talking yeah. about comedy. Well,
0: he did clinical psychology, which is a little different. I mean, the studies they run, I think, are flawed. Really? But 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 talk therapy is effective. There's really no question. It, it has the potential to really help people. And
1: again, but how do you quantify talk therapy? But I don't think you can. They
0: run studies on but it, but it, it is you, effective. Well, the, I remember seeing one study um where they they found that talk therapy was more effective than drugs. Wow. And and that's and that one study. Yeah. That's one study, one population, all that sort of stuff. But that's, uh, that should make you feel pretty confident because what is, what is going to make more money for people? Mm-hmm. The drugs. Yeah, of course. That's a course, huge course, industry of course, of course. relative opium, to individual opium. talk therapy.
1: Oh, God, Xanax and all that stuff. So if
0: you, if you can run a study that, that sort of alludes to the idea that talk therapy is more effective than any drug, I bet that there's a little something to it.
1: Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And but, you know, sometimes that's where I, I kind of have a, a bit of contention with my buddy who's a um professor. Everything is like, prove it, prove it, prove it, prove it. I'm like, I don't know if you can prove everything in terms of, of quantifiable yeah. variables and say your p-value and you sample. It's like it just doesn't No, that when
0: I left school, you that's can't. how I felt about everything. And first of all, first of all, it's just annoying yeah. to, to feel that way about every to be the right. guy who feels that way.
1: So nuts and bolts and black and white about everything that you see the yeah. world's
0: not like that. The world's not like that, and secondly, it's physically impossible to yeah. prove most things.
1: Yes, yes, that and that was that's totally it's actually, totally an Alan Watts thing. He's talking about he he goes uh, he goes the, guys the world is wiggly, and what he meant by that yeah, was yeah. I don't know if you heard of that one. I've heard that. Yeah, so. He's like, if you think about it, every time we build or make something, we're always making squares and triangles and rectangles and circles about everything. Just these windows, this mic, this couch, this water bottle, but a tree, roots, flowing water, a mountain. Nothing is ever this nice engineered geometric shape. So to try to say that you have to prove everything with these quantum, it's like, that's not how nature works. You're trying to, it's not the right way to look at it. I agree. Yeah and i remember what i was going to say with uh um relating like stuff i've learned with peterson to comedy and and one thing and this is what i feel and i'm sure you probably some thoughts on this is uh um he always talks about jung and jung's idea of the shadow and this and that and i got got really into that studying martial arts like you really get in touch with that aggressive side of you and how do you balance that with the good side and all that wonderful stuff you know batman and um. Or Spider-Man and Venom and the good and the evil, Voldemort Uh and Harry Potter. So it's like, I've always felt that the best comedians I've ever seen, and this goes back to what we were saying about Carlin having kind of that morbid dark side to him, but also, you know, having the light and and good underneath it is the best comedians are always really in touch with that dark side, but they integrate it and they meld it in a very, like, balanced, palatable way to make jokes funny. But you got to have that edge to you.
0: No, I think that's right. Um, yeah. was that, was that, is that yeah, yeah, all? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. And I've seen a lot of people who succeed and they don't seem to have much of a dark side. Really? But yeah. it's, it's not a, at least a lot of fun for me to watch.
1: Right, uh-huh.
0: I'd much rather watch someone wrestle with a little bit of, uh, darkness or, um, some internal issues. Yeah. That's a hell of a lot more enjoyable than someone who's
1: just kind of, uh, positive all the time because then you're just like a motivational speaker uh-huh and i always felt that's kind of corny like when I when, yeah. I when i think of like a good example of that i when i when i first found joey diaz i'm like this guy is fucking hilarious yeah, yeah he he's just, out of his mind he goes deep and yeah, yeah. <laughs> he pulls out all this ugly shit but like he's not consumed by it he's not this dark morbid ugly guy he came out of it and no he jokes about he it. seems like a nice guy and talk about presence
0: like he he's capable of... in the moment yeah I think he's only capable of being funny in the moment. I don't, right. I don't even know if he can do anything rehearsed, right? And that's that's an amazing skill set to have as a comic. But also, he I'm sure he's had some tough sets where he just like a San Francisco set where he went nuts. Oh, he's talking. They, they yeah. didn't get a thing that he said. Yeah, he, he's
1: talked about it a couple times when he first started out how it was like that. Which, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's got to be a tough one. And that's probably one of the things that has barred me from trying it. I'm like, how do you? That sounds so. Oh, it's. Oh, it's going to be get, soul
0: crushing. You get better at it. You get better at dealing yeah. with it. Like at first it hurts a lot. I bet. And then as, as you get, first of all, you get better and better at doing stand up. So like your confidence interval for your ability goes up. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So a bad set is still is not that bad when yeah. you're a little bit into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, And it, that consequently doesn't hurt
1: as much. Oh yeah. One thing I've always wondered, um, how, how do you deal with hecklers? Cause I have, I've like pictured that. I'm like, what would I do if that happened to me? And I don't know what the fuck I would do if somebody just started like roasting me in the middle of a set. <laughs> it always depends, but
0: based, I like doing crowd work. I don't mind talking to the audience. I don't mind improvising with the audience. That's brave shit. Good for you. Um, I've always, honestly, I was better at, when I first started, I was better at crowd work than I was at standup.
1: God damn. That's really good. Because it's so, you cannot rehearse. You got to just be so good at.
0: Yeah, because well, part of it might have been that I like, sort of liked the presence of it. I liked being Mm -hmm. up there, Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was probably overthinking my jokes, like I was strangleholding my jokes, Mm -hmm. so the jokes didn't always work so well and felt a little disingenuous or stilted or like a little rehearsed. But there's there, you know, by definition, if you're doing something in the moment with the audience, it is not rehearsed. Right, and you kind of have to trust that the funny thing is going to come out and and if you if you learn how to let go a little it generally does it'll come out yeah if you let it come yeah um and i'm actually now i'm trying to do the opposite i'm trying to get i'm trying to write more and get better and better at the writing and and uh repeating things and adding and subtracting uh like iteratively editing stuff that i've done before yeah uh but I love just kind of going off the cuff if I can for as long as possible. So that that being said, if somebody heckles, a lot of the time, like, uh, either they're heckled because not everyone understood what was being said, mm. so you can clarify for everybody. Right, yeah. And also, they're throwing you a softball because they're asking to be made fun of.
1: That's it. Okay, there you go. That's, that's why. Other, that's like, why you're a comedian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like, you know, if somebody interrupts you, like, I'm up here probably being paid to be up here a lot of these people uh are enjoying it at least a little bit mm-hmm. and you had the gall to interrupt me yeah i can say whatever the hell i want to. that's a good point it's yeah. fun and i and comedy always has a victim mm-hmm. no matter what joke you're doing there's always a victim Ge- mm. generally people appreciate it when you're punching up yeah uh you don't have to i think punching yeah. down can be funny too if it's done the right way <laughs> <Yeah>. uh <laughs> It can be funnier. It can be funny. Just the notion of punching down can be funny. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I shouldn't be saying this about, you know, yes, whatever. Yes, Cigarette does it a lot. Uh, yeah, exactly, and he's really funny. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't be saying this about, um you know, people who are in the Olympics riding on one ski because they have no legs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm going to. That's kind of funny in and of itself. Uh uh-huh. Um, It is funny. Have you been watching the Olympics? Girl? A bit, yeah. huh. I, I have a, a new theory based on watching the Olympics this year. I think they have the Paralympics solely for the commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I, I haven't seen a televised Paralympic event ever. Never, that's yeah, n- a good that point. That I've been alive. Every single uh credit card commercial, you know, um any anything that's sponsored by the Olympics, there are no actual Olympic athletes, there are only people with no arms and legs. Oh my god. In the there's some guy, you know, doing the luge with no arms and legs. <laughs> Why don't you televise that? It's just in the commercials. Yeah. I'm watching a Chase Bank commercial where a guy, you know, is, is a limbless body. How about like televising his event? Oh my god. You're using this guy to make money. Yeah. That's what it seems like I, to me. They're they're like uh they're like pawns. Right?
1: And I think like do they when do they air is do, do the paralympic Paralympics happen like right now or is it separate from this or cuz I like, why, right, I've why never are you asking, I've never seen any. Why are you asking
0: this question? they don't televise. they're
1: not letting you watch Mm -hmm. i wonder why because it's yeah it
0: must be happening at the same time has to be it would they wouldn't be in the commercials if it wasn't happening contiguously no
1: you're right yeah exactly because but it's production it's where you're here all right let's get them. where do i
0: find it mystery it's a mystery Hmm. i can find it in 30 second segments that are, like, uh, perfectly edited, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a good point, actually. You bring up a really good point. It, it, it's a little... And,
0: and I'm not trying to make fun... Of, I'm not exclusively trying to make fun of the Paralympics. No. I'm kind of making fun of it. But also, I'm making fun of the Olympics. They're taking advantage of these people. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, how... I mean, that's what corporations and sports do. They just take advantage of all the athletes. What was the thing recently? Like, they finally are going to agree to give some money to, like, college athletes or something because they're just, like... They don't get paid anything, but yes. they make so much money off of like advertising and sponsors, sponsorships from them that they're gonna. Yeah, yeah. That fr- is
0: that is one of the major major upsides of social media. College athletes are making money on social media now. Uh-huh. Good for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Seriously, um, it was funny. Another another funny thing I saw about uh the Olympics was I saw this, like this zoomed out picture. It was like this ski jump, and then they zoomed out a bit. Did you see this one? I don't know. And there was like nuclear reactors behind them. Oh, I don't know. I I have total China slums. The uh, it's the
0: downhill uh, (laughs) that huge ski jump, elaborate ski jump. They're doing all those crazy spins and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and you cut. Yeah, I I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, is Homer Simpson in one of these things (laughs) with the
1: glowing? (laughs) Yeah, it's a power plant. Yes, it's it's a nuclear power plant. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I thought that was fucking. No, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, how Chinese of you guys? Right. To to have an Olympic event next to like nuclear waste <laughs> in the middle of the pandemic from yeah, the, the virus of... that came from I don't came know, from
1: it's... China exactly yeah I even heard that it's uh, where they're filming like a lot of the slope style and like the snowboarding events like they just sprayed snow on these mountains that didn't have any snow and it just to make it and and what I've heard is that more people are falling because of that oh shit really because it's fake snow oh yeah 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 no, so it's it icier
0: it. oh and people are getting injured and then ironically. You don't see a lot of Chinese people even taking part in most of these events, mm-hmm. so they're just like going "fuck you" to to Sweden and America and the Netherlands.
1: Oh God, you have a good point. I they're don't...
0: like, how do we how do we get all these other countries we don't like to f- to fall publicly? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, they're just roast. They're just they're, they're kind getting roasted every, every chance they get because to... they know
0: they're not going to win the Olympics, mm-hmm. the Winter Olympics. They do very well in the Summer Olympics. Uh, so they're like, let's just make a fool of the other
1: countries. Yes, and speaking of which and like punching down in a, in a good way, like oh, yeah. I wonder and let's run a statistical study on this. Like, what is the ratio of colored to non-colored in summer versus winter Olympics? And I'm sure there is a
0: strong correlation there. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's like it's causation.
1: Right? You can actually say causation for White this is word.
0: winter, dark is, is summer. <laughs> I think even Eddie Griffin made a joke about that years ago. That sounds his, like an Eddie Griffin joke. Yeah, he was game. talking about, I'm not going to say everything. I love Eddie Griffin. Oh, he's hilarious. I don't know what happened to him, but he's great.
1: Yeah, and um, he was talking about, like, you know, black guys in the summer versus winter Olympics. He goes, you know, he's like, you're not going to beat us in the heat because <laughs> when we're throwing that javelin, we have a different state of mind going on. We're hunting for the tribe, and we're going to win. That's funny, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's... Yeah, it's a pretty stark contrast, and a lot of it has to
0: do with money. I mm-hmm. mean, people with and and where, and where you uh, where you are in relation to the equator that's part yeah. of it. that's part of it too. But like, even like if you live in LA, LA is as diverse as any city in America. Who's going skiing in Big Bear? Yeah, exactly. It's probably not guys who are running the hundred meter dash really fast. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, usually
0: not. Usually not.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you been to Mammoth? Have you seen the people that are there? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I, th- I think that's the case. Like like Sean White is from San Diego or something. Oh, yeah, he's
1: like yeah, 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 Carlsbad or something yeah, like that. Yeah, somewhere
0: around there. Um he he does not strike me as a guy who would like jump really high. Yeah, right? In any context.
1: It's it's there's yeah, I'm sure if there hasn't been any bits done about it there should be because there sounds like a lot of material there.
0: Yeah, well, I do. I, I would maybe uh, toy with the Paralympic thing. I think that's kind of funny. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that was an observation I made like a couple of days ago, and and it holds a lot of water because. Again, good luck finding any footage of the Paralympics.
1: Yeah, because you never see any. I've never seen any. I can't think of, like, oh, I remember the. No, I don't remember anything. You just, you always see those pictures in some like motivational quote or like, you can do anything. And it shows a guy like with like the one Yeah, And it's
0: like, well, can we watch him do it? (laughs) Exactly. Let us uh, experience him doing it. Yeah. I was going to. We were talking about hecklers, but I think we segued out of that. Oh, we were. I even yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, Gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you are a champ for doing oh, that. That. <laughs> I don't
1: know how. That's where the introvert decided me just that's how they're going to go one or two ways. And it also me. doesn't happen that often. That's it, something to keep in mind, too. Okay. Because when you see these like Instagram clips and these like guys, you know, so and so like destroys heckler, I'm like, this seems like it happens all the fucking time.
0: When it's really egregious, like those those clips where someone won't stop, mm-hmm. that's pretty rare. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's just because the person was overserved. Oh. Which, again, it's like, so there's a drunk, you know, moron screaming yeah. during a live show. Either they'll get kicked out. I was going to say, yeah. Uh-huh. Either they'll actually get kicked out of the show if it's run well. Or you will, you will make fun of them so effectively that they'll never talk a show again. Yeah. It's so rare that they win. I, so, someone who's debilitatingly drunk will not win an argument, much less a, a, a situation where it's a live show, they're a little nervous, even if they're drunk probably. Oh yeah. And you have a microphone.
1: Yeah, you you got so many one ups on them, like the like yeah. shooting fish in a barrel. It's not fair. Yeah.
0: Um and and if a, if you get bested by a heckler, you're you're doing something pretty wrong. I yeah, would say. that's yeah, a good you're point. You're messing actually. up.
1: Like if yeah, if they got you, maybe yeah, you should reconsider that will never this. happen.
0: Maybe they're like out of control and, and the security needs to help or something like that. Like mm-hmm. I did a I did a casino. Do you know Temecula? You know the Pachenga casino. Pechanga, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh? Um, casino shows are really bad. Oh, they are. That's stereotypically a... they're really bad. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Because people just lost a bunch of money. A lot oh, of the time. Okay. They're yeah. Usually, the crowd pretty, you're getting. They've been drinking a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, the money's okay. Yeah. Money at, at stereotypically money at a, a casino show is actually very, very good. No. Oh. But but the audience is bad. The work, yeah. Really bad. Um, a lady. When I was on stage, this is one show in particular. It was like a six-show weekend. On one show, a lady, uh, it's her 70th birthday. She's wearing a tiara oh,
1: fuck.
0: with her family. She's yelling the whole time. While I'm on stage, she keeps yelling, Trump.
1: Oh, This is fuck. when Trump was president. And, yeah. and I
0: think she's thinking that I look like Donald Trump. I don't know what, what she was thinking exactly. But she was just yelling, Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> And then I had to do – I had no choice, but I had to talk about Donald Trump. I had to try to make fun of one of her. Yeah. To, to calm her down, I had to make fun of her a bit and talk uh, exclusively about Donald Trump for like five minutes. You yeah. have to. Of course, yeah. Um, and it was fine. It was a little annoying, but it was fine. And then uh, the headliner goes on. I was I was in the middle. The headliner goes on, and she vomited, swallowed her own vomit. An EMT had to come, <laughs> carted her out. They held her in a uh, – she, she had to go to the hospital, oh my god yeah they they carried out her you know somewhat lifeless body out of the show like that's usually the the mindset of a or that's the place that a heckler's coming from, like I'm so drunk that if i if I hiccup yeah. a lot of stuff will come out and then I might swallow i might they're they're minutes away from the hospital a lot of a lot of these oh, okay. people yeah that's something to keep in mind okay. when you think about hecklers this lady uh one minute she's she's yelling that I look like Trump. The next minute her family's like, "Is she gonna live? Oh my God <laughs> will she su- survive the show I
1: think that's actually really important to keep in mind because I never thought of it that yeah because... having
0: some empathy is helpful too because sometimes people say something and and uh it's it's good to just go what did you what did you say and uh-huh. let them talk right just like let them say no pressure what did you say? I'm just yeah. curious because maybe it'll inform what I'm talking about yeah, that's helpful too. and if what they say is Donald Trump over and over again. They're probably about to vomit. Yeah. That's something
1: to keep in mind. You know, and, and I think that's just as simple as, you know, everybody's been to a party where you got that belliger- belligerently drunk guy and, okay, now you know who you're dealing with and, yes. okay, like, okay, I never thought of it that way. It's like, that's the mindset you got to take with the heckler. like, okay, this guy is like seconds from passing out. He's yeah. just, okay, let's just fuck with them. This a guy's bit.
0: barely cognizant. I'll mess with him a little and then... Just uh get out of here as fast as possible. Yeah. Get out of messing with him as fast as possible. Because it's not necessary to spend a ton of time on it.
1: That's a good point. You know, I always see these uh compilations of Schultz doing crowd work with people and yeah. hecklers and stuff. He seems like he, he seems really good at that.
0: He's he's very good at it, but also that's his fan base.
1: Oh. Okay. So
0: they know that he's good at it and they'll yell things, but they wanna oh, hear okay. they want to hear what he has to say. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not like trying to mess up his show.
1: Does that happen sometimes? Will, like, opposing comics plant people and fuck with you? No, it's funny. I had that happen the other night. No way. Uh,
0: I was at Haha. Ha. Do you know uh, Ha Ha Comedy
1: Club I've heard of it, in yeah. NoHo? Yeah, I've heard of it. Um, oh, I think yeah, I, I, think I went in, there. Uh, I went Toluca there. Lake, technically. I it's went like, there years ago. That's what okay. the place was called, yeah.
0: It's by a bunch of car dealerships. It's, like, right next to exactly. uh, Ventura Boulevard. Yep. Um... Yeah, it was like a kind of like a showcase show. There were, uh, a fair amount of comics in the room. It was like a maybe a half full room, like fifty people in there, and uh, and one side of the room is responding really well, and I hear people talking on the other side, and it's kind of bothering me. Mm. And and I was like, and I was just made fun of him. I was like, I was like, I think this would actually be a better show if like it was just these guys. <laughs> like I don't even think you guys need to need to be here. And and that that might have been a little harsh. But then one guy like, well, he's like, what are you doing? Just dividing the. Why are you dividing the room? Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? And, and I made fun of him a little, and it went okay. And I think the, show, the person running the show went over and talked to him, and then he stopped. Uh, and then later in the show, a comic goes up who is so fucked up that he didn't even make sense. Like, oh, he had, he had no. one of the uh, most incoherent sets I've ever seen anybody have. Oh. And he was the guy who was interrupting.
1: Oh, shit. So it was,
0: like, it was a comic – who was just so incredibly drunk, and who knows what else he was on? Yeah, uh, who just couldn't control himself. So he, you
1: didn't—you didn't even know he was going to be. I had no in idea. I didn't.
0: I couldn't see him. What like, the
1: fuck? You're performing? Yeah,
0: but also it—it—it it, uh, it just completely validated my point of view. Like this guy shouldn't even be in the room right now. Yeah, he's on stage making a fool of himself. He shouldn't have even been there while I was on the stage. Yeah, but again. You you have a little bit you're gonna end up empathizing a little because you're like, he would he wasn't trying to be mean to me. He wasn't trying to sabotage my set. Yeah. He doesn't even know where he is.
1: Yeah, he's just he's in drunk. outer space, he's yeah. He's just drunk. Yeah. That happened one time. I was uh the parents had this like party and like dad invited some friends over and I was playing poker with some of my friends and he wanted to play. I'm like, Yeah, sure, you can play my dad's friend. And I very quickly found out this guy was very drunk and yeah. he was like just like really fucking the game up and you're right you just you got to take a different approach with people like that you just can't oh you're not like normal right now i can't treat you you
0: yeah well because no no person who's like cognizant and doing well is going to behave like that
1: oh yeah exactly like you're just you're 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 on a different planet um, I think I went to that yeah I went to that club a few years ago which is funny because I was going to ask you I'm like I know this one club I was at but I forget that's what it funny. was that's funny that's the club it was it. it you just you're like ha ha I'm like that was it that has to be it's it it's been there for a long time yeah as far as I know I wasn't even planning to go I was hanging out it it was, it was good um because you know my mom's peruvian my dad's argentine so it's, believe it or not i grew up very like hispanic culture type of thing I mm-hmm. like speak spanish and everything and so we were at this uh i don't know it was a baptism or a quinceañera party it was in downtown l.a some okay. somebody's backyard taco that's uh, that sounds taco cool. stalls and everything yeah. you know grandmas are drinking coronas and stuff yeah and so my mom's friend and her daughter was there and she goes hey um like i'm going to a comedy show with some friends do you want to come later i'm like i guess so we go to this comedy show it was like the first time i've ever been to a comedy show in my life i was like i was probably like 23 24 first time i've ever been to one and um it was like my first experience of oh people get booed off stage like this really happens this is not just something you see in the movies like and i think one of the, the one of the acts that it was two. well one act was there's this guy who was apparently he goes there a lot this was years ago so god knows who who, who it was but um Like, the stuff he was saying was so, like, angry that it just wasn't even funny. Yeah, that can happen. You know? Like, I'm like, oh, you're just mad and bitter. Yeah. And, like, you're just, you think it's going to slap, like, a Carlin joke, like, kind of saying something dark and morbid, but it's not. You're just really resentful. Well, what's
0: funny about that kind of stuff is, like, if he learned how to have the right point of view and, and brought a little bit
1: of light to it, he could probably say the same stuff and kill. Yeah but it just has to do with the intention. Like, yeah, and I don't think you can fake that. Like if you really feel like that inside, it's going to come out like you are fucking bitter. There's and resentful. something to be said for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one was, uh, I think he was like taking care of the tickets at the front or something like the like the ticket guy. And, um, I guess he was performing too. And his set was, you could tell in his head, like, Oh, this is going to kill. This is going to slap. And, he had this thing where he was like, kind of talking to the guy like this, like, and he, you could tell that was this thing that he thought was gonna just slap, and it was just so silent in the room. He was like in his world like this. He wasn't looking at the crowd. He's like, oh, so then uh, I was gonna, then I was gonna walk behind the the wall and I, I gotta take a piss in front of everybody. So I'm gonna take a piss right here. And then we're like, oh no, confused. Yeah, he just, yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. And um, you might see
0: drive. there, there are clubs that are better and worse than mm-hmm. other clubs. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance that you'll see some of that at Haha. Ha, oh, yeah? Yeah, like uh, like Rogan used to go up at the store a lot. That's like one of the best clubs in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The improv is great. Laugh Factory is great. Mm-hmm. I love going up at Haha, ha, but you'll definitely get, there'll be some shows where not everybody is like a seasoned comic for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. And I recently, you know, and then that was the first comedy show. And then like five years later, segue to like a few months ago, I went to Supernova. Oh yeah,
0: that's a. They put yeah. on great shows. Oh, great! I loved it. And I'm like, yeah. oh wow,
1: they got some serious people coming up here. Oh it was yeah, great. yeah.
0: Well, that that opened uh, during lockdown. Oh, like makes towards, sense. towards the end, it looks it's an like an outdoor it did. venue. Yeah. And they they put on a great show. They know how to run a good show.
1: Yeah. Who came on that night? It was, uh, um, Santino. Uh, What's his name? The 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 roast guy. Jeff
0: Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: He was on. Donnell Rawlings came and he was like the special guest tonight, but i see everybody there gosh Nikki that's Blazer a pretty strong there. lineup bill burr oh he was on no, he wasn't there that night but i've seen he's him done it yeah oh uh, yeah those are like the big names that night yeah. they
0: get pretty big acts at yeah. supernova that's basically like a comedy. sarah sport. silverman was there that oh night wow too.
1: yeah it was a good one yeah that's yeah. pretty damn good and what sucks is i just work so damn much and uh, i notice a lot of their they got a lot of sets during the week like 9 a.m to 10 p.m i am slammed monday through thursday friday you should have some free time but yeah i'd love to get down there sometime you should i think they do saturday shows now yeah i think i've seen some of them yeah i follow them on social
0: yeah i would try to do that if you could um those are great shows
1: oh yeah where where where, where are you at these days were you in la um, um performing i
0: mean i go up anywhere i can like to be honest at at my stage it's hard to, i'm actually trying to get on supernova I'll, I'll let you know when i do yeah
1: So how does that work like like, hey, are you good enough to perform at our place, or do you have to sell a certain number of tickets? A guarantee? How does that work? Like, how do you climb your way up the? A, a show like that, I mean, a lot of it is just like it's a little bit
0: of networking sure. and a little bit of skill development and maybe some luck. That's pretty much it. Like, you, as you get better, people know who you are, right, And They they'll ask just know your you name. to do your shows. You reach out, you send a clip. If they like the clip, they'll put you on the show. Um, at this point, I can get pretty good stage time uh consistently outside of the city okay uh and then i i just get whatever i can in the city because i need to get up like I'll, there are smaller rooms that i go up at consistently mm-hmm. um and i go up every night like I, I go up as as often as humanly possible so
1: you're like doing this three four nights a week usually
0: oh at, yeah at least oh
1: wow that's awesome yeah that's really cool
0: and and then you know as la the issue with la is it the best comics live in la a lot of them have graduated even from New York, which is a great scene, arguably a better scene than Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, so you're competing. If I want to get on Supernova, I'm competing with Bill Burr for stage time, which which is a competition I'm not going to win. Yeah, exactly. He's been doing it 30 years longer than me, basically. Uh-huh. Um, so eventually, like, you, I'll get thrown up on some good... Sh- like, I did Jam in the Van a handful of times oh, nice. during lockdown. That was, like, that's, like, a pretty big show. Uh... But a lot of it is like you got to know the person running it. And if they like your stuff, then they'll get you some time. But you're not going to get up as consistently as someone who's got like big, big credits. Yeah. And I'm trying to, to figure out how to build my audience because it's frustrating because you think like I really all that matters is the quality stage time. Mm-hmm. But in order to get quality stage time, you kind of need a little bit of notoriety.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: You, you need like a certain level of uh, quote unquote fame. Just mm-hmm. for people to let you go on stage. Right, right, right. A lot right. of the time. Right. So, like, I'm doing a weekend at um, Comedy Heights in San Diego coming up. I think that's next weekend or the following weekend. Nice. That'll be multiple shows both nights. That's, that's like, a nice chunk of, of stage time. Yeah. And then I'll do, sh- you know, sets in the city leading up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go to, like, there's a place called Fourth Wall that runs shows. Hollywood Comedy runs shows. I go to Ha Ha, Fairmount um i'll do flappers and burbank do you know okay. flappers Nope. Heard it. okay that's another club i mean there are plenty of places to get up in, in la but you know you mentioned supernova yeah. we talk about the comedy store that's where i want to go up of course. And, sure, yeah. and you're just scratching and clawing until you get there mm-hmm. um and trying to figure out how to make content that doesn't compromise myself that kind of sure. stuff Sure. like uh i just shot a, a web series with do you listen to tiger belly or bad friends or any of that stuff bobby lee's podcast oh no yes 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 you know bobby lee yeah 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 yeah. Um, yeah i knew that sound familiar okay yeah. so he has two separate podcasts okay and he's got the same producers for both of them and I, i've worked with them before mm-hmm. and we shot a, a web series that's actually a therapy web series oh cool yeah it's kind of satirizing like maury or dr phil <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah one of those kind of things um and we have like people with their own followings on like instagram models or stand-up comedians or tiktok stars or dating coaches or anyone like that yeah and then they come with a problem and we we try to help but we also make fun of them okay that's that's the idea and like that kind of thing it was fun to shoot it was cool but the goal there is to get more eyeballs on the stuff that i'm doing that then grows the audience a little and then uh, of course you want to sell tickets but really i just want to get up as much as possible i want yeah. people to let me go up
1: yeah where's that web series at?
0: uh so that is gonna it's gonna uh be released probably within the next month or so it'll probably be with seven eckies on their youtube channel that's the company that uh produces bobby's stuff all right if and if we can sell it to someone else we will but i think it's probably going to end up with seven eckies all right yeah check
1: that out that sounds really funny i was um okay so yeah you're doing a bunch of shows in la um actually my buddy told me uh not this, I don't know if you'd ever want to come up here to do one but there's we got it like oh, a dude I'll go anywhere so he told me there's the, they got this open mic at this uh, brewery here we got like a lot of industrial work here and i guess this brewery opened up in this industrial center here and like they got the huge vats and everything and an mm-hmm. open bar and um it's called Pocock and actually he sent me a clip the other day some dude was getting heckled and um but i don't know i don't know that's uh oh i i, yeah. I mean a especially-
0: Especially if it pays or especially if I can do more time. Yeah. Like how long are your sets? I'll usually? go anywhere. Um, uh, and actually I'm doing some colleges coming up too. Mm. Uh, and that's that you get a little bit of money for that, that yeah. and do a little bit more time. That's a good way to get stage time and put you in another city too. Oh, okay. Um,
1: how do you feel about the colleges because i've heard people talk about them and like Complain. you, you got to really
0: be clean yeah yeah
1: it's it's super pc and i'm
0: actually doing like i've i've niched it even more like i'm doing these uh so one of my a good friend of mine who does stand up writes for curb enthusiasm oh wow cool uh and he was in an episode mm-hmm. uh and we're both doing these Hillel shows so like the jewish group oh, yeah, yeah, at yeah. the university uh uh-huh. we're going to stanford in april uh we're going to colorado boulder hopefully relatively soon we just talked to them claremont mckenna we're going over there within the next few months we'll go to a bunch of colleges and do those and we haven't done it yet i i did florida state while i was in florida and i loved it right, they that's, didn't care that's exactly it's florida, florida state. state yeah <laughs> and it was actually like an art group it was like oh wow so the most think. liberal group yeah it was hosted by a trans person oh the wow. show but but it's still florida state they didn't give a shit. Yeah, 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 exactly. I could say anything. They were oh, cool and they were like the best audience ever. They were they were really fun. It was great.
1: Can you, and I and I did
0: half an hour there and that's that's probably the top end for the amount of time that I'm doing these days, hmm. but I want to uh start doing hours. I would love it.
1: Is, do you think that's a totally different mindset like a 15-minute comic versus a 30-minute comic versus an hour comic? That's a different echelon. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Um first of all, it's just staying power. Like the best analogy, I someone else has said this and and they're right. Hmm. It's like it's a plane taking off. Okay. If you do a five-minute set, it takes off and lands immediately. Yeah. If you you know 15, you're landing immediately. You know you're going to land right away. Yeah. If you do a 15-minute set, it stays up for a second and then lands. If you're doing an hour, you got to keep the plane up there, which is mm-hmm. a skill set in and of itself, being able to to uh, engage people and stay in the air flying.
1: Yeah, and not dip, because then they see you dipping and then they're like, well, this guy doesn't have it together. Exactly. It's
0: yeah. a, uh, the staying power... And that's how you become a professional comic. Professional comics do hours at a time, if not more than an hour. Yeah. So I want to develop that skill set, and I've only done a little bit of it and not in L.A. And you're never going to do a lot of time in L.A. Even Whitney Cummings does longer sets on the road more so than she's doing oh, really? in L.A. Yeah. Uh, she'll do 15-minute spots to build up the hour, and then she'll go throughout the country and maybe overseas...
1: That's interesting. So, like, there's almost like it's, it's interesting to hear like that mindset and approach of like it's almost like a training regimen. Yes. Like, we'll do 15 or 15 minutes. We'll test it out. Test it out. Those two work. All right. Maybe I can do a 30 of those two here. Oh, interesting. Yes. That's how it is. It's like a sport, and you can you
0: taper sometimes, and you work you work, uh, you know, to the bone sometimes. You're definitely doing like almost like periodizing yeah. for comedy. And yeah. You go through periods where you'd, like if you can get the time. Uh, you like a lot of a lot of successful comics do this, and I would love to do stuff like this. Where you go to New York for three months, you do five sets a night, you have no material, and then you build up your act through oh, those fifteen-minute sets. I see. And then you start full um, sprints, yeah, yeah. And then you start doing uh hours, but like local hours, like yeah. you, you'll book like a little theater in L.A. and and then see how the hour feels. I see. And then if it's starting to feel kind of good. Then you take it on like a forty-week tour, mm. and then at the end of the forty-week tour, you film a special, yeah. And that should be when the material when it's, is it, it's crystallized and is peaking, uh, and then you sell it to someone, and then a bunch of people see it. That's the idea. That's
1: the idea. That's the goal. That's what everybody's trying to do.
0: Theoretically, that's what you're supposed to do, right? So, and a lot of people work on their first hour for a decade, if not more.
1: Oh wow!
0: And then once if if and once they're well known. They start pumping them out more frequently.
1: I was going to say, like, it's almost like when, I don't know, let's say a musician, you always see these in the movies, like, wow, you're going to be a star kid. And then they become a star and they're like, all right, well, we need you to write 10 more songs. And they are like, I can't write 10 more I songs. I don't have 10 more songs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, all right, well, we need you to make them. So, like, how the fuck do you come up with another hour? How do you come up with, how do how do these guys have several specials? They're just that good, huh?
0: They're that good and they learn how to do it. I, I mean, say, the only way to do it is through trial and error. Yeah. And we were talking about this at the beginning Yeah. You need, some, you need to have a system in place that allows you to experience life in a slightly different way yeah. and pay attention to things in a slightly different way. You need to find out where your sweet spot is and how to challenge yourself and all that sort of stuff. And the fact of the matter is most people never get there. I don't know if I will. I, I really want to, so I think that improves my chances of getting there. Mm-hmm. But that's, the, that's how it goes. Like, If you work really hard and you get lucky, you might have the opportunity to uh, lose your mind writing hours. Yeah. to stress, like really stress out about uh, putting together a perfect hour.
1: Yeah. Like how the fuck am I going to do that? Yeah. you see these like huge, you know, successful comedians, like just got like three, four, five specials and they're all different. I mean, when you're rehearsing that stuff, like you're saying the same shit every night, every night, every night. Is it hard to make it sound spontaneous and like, it's not rehearsed. Like, hi, have you guys heard about the one of the chicken? (laughs) That's an art
0: in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and you go through periods where you're excited about a bit, and then you get less excited. And w- when you're less excited, it doesn't work as well.
1: Right. And like you can't fake it.
0: I'd imagine, like yes. like like
1: I'm ugh, I'm trying to make it, and I just I I fucking hate this thing. I've said it so many yeah. times.
0: Like. And and usually that's that means it's time to give it a rest and maybe okay. move on to some other stuff. My experience is, and and it's again, I'm still, uh, I've been doing it for a bit, but I'm in my infancy as a mm. comic relative to a lot of people. My experience is that like. You get excited about something, and it takes a second to make it work. Yeah. So it'll take a handful of sets just to find yeah. out what how it works. Yeah. And then it starts working really well, and that'll last for a while. And then you and then it won't you'll have it, but it won't work quite as well. And then you figure out how to add elements to it, and then it starts working. And you you kind of have to always be adding and subtracting and improvising within it while you are on stage.
1: That's so great. I love that because it really, everything you were saying just reminds me about fighting and martial arts. Because I tell this to like the students that I teach, like, like you can't fall in love with a technique so much that you just start using it all the time. Because then, first of all, it becomes predictable. And that's just one technique that has, you know, maybe one use or a couple uses in a couple situations. If you try to, apply it to everything you're going to find it failing a lot yep. because you're, you're you're overdoing it and i think what happens is you know they learn how to do a new kick it's really exciting it really kicks somebody's ass one time so now they want to use it every time so maybe you like thought of this one spontaneous joke one time and it just killed the entire room you're like i'm gonna yes. say this every fucking night and then it stops working You're like why the fuck is it not yes. working anymore the worst
0: thing though is that sometimes it'll work for a week mm. and then it stops working and you're wondering why that happened wow um but the best i mean easier said than done but as far as i'm concerned the best way to do it is to work really hard when you're not on stage definitely write like a lunatic you have to do some form of that i don't really write like word for word but i'll i'll write ideas out yeah um take it on stage like a lunatic Mm -hmm. and care that much about it but also in the moment try to not have a lot of conscious thoughts while you're doing it yeah which is sounds like kind of an oxymoron, but you you got to basically find out how to learn and make mistakes, and then slip into flow. Slip and then into flow. Learn and make mistakes, and slip into. You got to kind of go in and out of like almost fucking up, and then flowing, and then almost fucking up and flowing. Because that's kind of at, at least uh, the way I like to do stand up. That's kind of how it should feel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like he's like uh, it's like watching a kind of a, it's like watching someone ice skate um. And like do a crazy trick that's really good, and then literally almost fall on their face. Yeah, and then do it again. You're right;
1: they're almost triple
0: luts. Yeah, and then like, oh no, he's bad. Oh no, he's good. Uh... Oh, what's he talking? Oh, that's good. That's good. Because you need to set up the punchline. It can't all be perfect.
1: Yeah, there has to be like contrast. Yes, and ebbs and flows. Even say that about cinematography. I do a lot of film work and you know the film can't have one tone to it the whole time it's gotta go from light to dark to light to dark to color to desaturated it's gotta feel like uh even like like uh music is like that and orchestras and so it's all i love that it's all very all my favorite
0: music uh my favorite kind of i'm not a huge music buff or anything but like I do like jazz. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, that's comedies. Yeah, it's it feels the same. That's improv. my favorite
0: kind of comedy. And there are comics who will just steam ahead, straight ahead, and they're, they're good. Some of them are really funny. Uh, some of them other people like, and I don't love them as much. But I think the best people are like, it's, like we were talking about at the beginning, like people who are almost trying to lose the audience and then getting them back or like being really honest and maybe confused and then being really funny. Like the juxtaposition is the funny stuff. Or is, yeah. is where the good, good stuff is?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And, you know, um, making a relationship to what you're saying about there about fighting my, my martial arts instructor told me one time, this is when, uh, Holly Holm beat, uh, Ronda Rousey uh-huh. for the first time. And it was like amazing. Like Holy shit. She beat like, she beat Ronda Rousey. And then, but, the but then she was losing after that. And then he goes, well, think about it. Cause she had nothing to lose when she beat Ronda Rousey. But now she had this in her head of I have to maintain being a champion, and it gets in your head. You're thinking about it, and you're not so in that flow state anymore. And you're fighting. And she just she kept on losing after that,
0: right? And because you're thinking about it now, exactly. And that's the enemy of creativity, uh, performance, all Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff, which is all that stand up is.
1: Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think of um, or
0: fighting or any sort of thing, any type of like
1: in the moment, yeah, spontaneous thing. And I think of uh, I think if I've ever I think my tutoring experience over the last—I'm doing it for eleven years. Wow. Um, I I think I could probably pull a lot of material from that, and I think I really have because I always, especially lately, I've considered like when I give sessions or when I'm teaching a class or something or with a group of students, it's almost like a stand-up gig because I'm just like there's a bunch of kids, I gotta like you know engage them, I gotta. And, and especially if it's a fun group of kids that I can joke around with a little bit, it it's a bit of a... 100%. If you're good at that, it'll help you do stand-up. Yeah, I think so, maybe. Because I really, I really do love it. I mean, like, how did you, like... When was the first time you hit the stage, like, I'm going to do this?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I was scared. I, I was thinking about it uh, when I was, like, an, un- an undergrad. Oh, okay. So, okay. like Definitely. That I was, like, 22. And I was, like, should I do this? I think a friend told me that I should do it. And I was like, honestly, I don't know, I don't think a lot of people say this, but like someone told me I should do this. And I was like, that's a dumb thing to do. That's <laughs> yeah. not a, professionally. That's an idiotic profession. right? Yeah, Because right. the odds of succeeding are so low. Uh, and also like you're going to put yourself through a lot of discomfort. Oh, yeah. So it's like. Uh, should I go do something that I probably will suck at for a long time in the hope that I'll like learn how to do it and then be effective and then make money doing it um, at that time. I was just like, I understand that maybe it would be fun to do occasionally, but that's not how you get good at something. And I don't know if I want to get, I don't know if I want to commit to getting good at this. Yeah. For the so that took me a long time. That whole, that process. Uh, I lived in Chicago in yeah. my mid twenties and I tried it. I went on stage once. And I was, and in hindsight, it was horrible. I literally just memorized something and recited it. Uh, yeah. and it did not really connect. But I, but when I got off, I was like, I just did stand up. That's cool. Mm. And I'll never do it again. That was my thought. <laughs> I was just like, I did it. What, what a cool life experience. I have no interest in doing that again. Wow. These people are weird. People who do stand up are weird. No one was I'm like, these people aren't even that funny. Like, who are these people? the yeah. hell's going on? in it was like a dingy bar with like 40 people in it. Um, I was just like, this is probably not a good thing to do. Yeah. And then over the course of the next, uh, let's say I was 24 over the course of the next two years, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Wow. I moved back to San Francisco and I was just thinking about it the whole time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I wasn't really doing that much. I, I finished my thesis and like was working at a restaurant. I'm like, you know, basically, you know, the, the honest answer is like, I was in a position where I was like, I'm kind of embarrassed that I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Mm. So why don't I uh, subject myself to more embarrassment? you had,
1: not, and that's what I said about Holly Holmes. You had nothing to lose.
0: Yes, I don't know. No, I, I got. I basically thought I had a lot to lose. Okay. I was. I was uh, mistaken. Okay. Yeah. yeah As a 22 year old, I was yeah. like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do cool shit. Yeah. I got. Why would I ever do stand-up? I can do other stuff. Right. And then I realized, like, oh, I got nothing going on. <laughs> I should do stand-up. Right. A, and that's what happened. Right. I, I basically i, I uh, bought a, a Volvo with money that I made at the restaurant. Yeah. Drove it down to L.A. I slept in my car for a few months. Wow. And just started doing st- – and it was – people probably shouldn't start in a city like L.A. It's too oversaturated. The comics are too good. People are famous already, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but moving to LA really motivated me sure, yeah. because you're surrounded by good people the best, yeah. and, uh, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm fully committed cause I literally have nothing.
1: Right. Exactly. What else are you going to do?
0: have nothing to follow. I'm, I'm the place where I live is illegal, <laughs> not even allowed to live here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I had no choice. That was it. Uh, and, and it actually has I'm glad I did it that way of
1: course I mean nothing will
0: I didn't want to like a safety net seems like in hindsight not the best way to go no. and, and I've had like little jobs and things I've done things to get by because it's I have not have made, I've not made I've not made enough money to like live well on stand-up yet yeah. um but I've had as close to no safety net as most people I know, and actually the pandemic was fantastic because I got unemployment. Mm-hmm. and I and again I, I was one of those guys who had nothing to lose nothing I, I to went lose. and did f- the whole state of Florida I did Texas I went to all the red states that yeah. were open
1: yeah during good. lockdown wow good point because it wasn't like that for me and
0: if you're established like yeah. Nikki Glaser yeah. she couldn't go to Florida during lockdown because her fan base would hate her
1: wow that's a good I never th-
0: I don't have nearly enough of a fan base to be able to lose people or to gain. lose people Yeah. so yeah. I was like why not just go try to gain in Florida Uh, Well, but you you were in a different position. Well, people did they do Zoom tutoring? What kind of stuff were they doing?
1: Well, the problem with me was uh, so this is good because a lot of people don't know this. So the way technology and AI has just gotten exponentially better over the last few years. So there's this app called Photomath, and basically just like take pictures and it solves shit for you. So it's like you know when there's you're not taking I've never heard of that right. It doesn't do everything, but. I mean, and, and at the end of the day, when you take a test and you've been cheating with photomath for all your homework, you're, it's you're, obvious you're, you're fucked. Yeah. I mean, the way it's so obvious to tell is, you know, this kid who doesn't know how to do anything suddenly is turning in immaculate work with perfect steps. It's yeah, like, okay.
0: Yeah. What's well, like using a translator for a foreign language? Or same something. exact thing. Okay. That's what it is.
1: Okay. So um, they're just using that. And then exams, you know, when everybody was homeschooled, like you couldn't really proctor exams. So everybody, which they didn't need me anymore for like... And I did, had I had to, I had I still had clients, but man, business tanked from call it a hundred percent to thirty. Oh my god! Yeah. Now I had money saved; it was fine. Um, but actually, similar to you, like, you know, I was really busy before the pandemic, and then the pandemic hit, and I had all this free time, and then so I started a podcast, and here we are. There
0: you go. That's cool. Yeah, because
1: like nothing to lose. I got you know, and I had money to you know to buy all the stuff, and um, it's like might as well and just give it a shot. I'm not trying to impress people. I don't have an agenda and just go for it. That's the right way to do it. Mhm. Uh and also like
0: I I know a lot of people who didn't do anything during lockdown and uh, what a horrible waste of of yeah. your life, of time. That was, to me that was such an opportunity.
1: Oh yeah. Such an opportunity to just you can uh, focus. Like, focus. Like a lot of the things that you don't want to do, you don't have
0: to do anymore. I it, to me it's a great argument for uh basic income for people. Oh yeah. It's like if you get a thousand bucks a month, uh, and you actually are pursuing something, it's gonna help. The, the issue is a lot of people wouldn't pursue anything. They yeah, the thing is, exactly drugs or whatever the fuck they're gonna do. Yeah, yeah, that's prostitutes. Fine, I don't know what people are doing with basic income. With that, exactly. I know what yeah. are you gonna
1: do with a thousand? Well, they'll find something find something.
0: For it. But but to me, it was just like such a relief to be able to have a little bit of help and just go do stuff
1: and it's just space to like there's there's the rat race stops for a minute. Yeah, and that's kind of redefine yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's how I felt. It, um, and and I, uh, I've heard actually heard comics say this. I've heard other people say this. if your life wasn't good before lockdown, you really enjoyed lockdown. My life must have not been good because I loved it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it was so nice it was different like i definitely the 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 will uh, tell you what when your income drops 70% it hurts no that's but, that's not good <laughs> that's not good but um i mean i wasn't destitute like i was i still managed to and i've always been very frugal so that was fine but um it was definitely eye opening, and it just allowed me to do things that I wouldn't have otherwise done. And 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 it honestly it balanced back because I knew and my prediction was right. I knew it was going to happen. I was like, well, these kids are getting like a year, year and a half of no quality math education. You're gonna get dumb. They're fucked when they come back yeah. and they expect them and it. And yeah, they,
0: that's interesting. They need more
1: tutoring. It's been ringing off the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. 50, 60 hour weeks. It's good for nuts.
0: you. I mean, that's a lot of work, but uh, also a lot of work. That's good.
1: It is. yeah, you know, it is. Yeah. Yeah, man, I think that's pretty good. I think we covered a lot of... We did. That was fun. It was really, yeah. Seriously, thanks for reaching out, and I would have never expected it. and I don't even know
0: how I ran across you. I'm trying to do... Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) I I actually don't know either, but (laughs) I'm trying to... Again, I want to promote honest therapy. Yeah. And I'm trying to do... I liked what you were doing, and I want to do as many podcasts as humanly possible. That's what my producer. He actually was Theo Vaughn's original producer. Oh great. My my like he's like my personal producer for Honest Therapy. Is Theo and
1: Vaughn here in LA is based out he, of it? He
0: actually lives in Nashville now, but he he was in LA for a long time. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Um this guy produced so Theo was I think he was at 10,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, now he's 100 something plus, yeah, yeah, but he took not. him from like 10 to 100 and produced his uh initial pot, the solo podcast. So this guy told me he's like Um and I I like your podcast, but he was like, do every podcast. No, yeah. Do everything you can possibly do. And I'm that's kind of what I'm doing right now.
1: Fuck me. Maybe I need a producer. All (laughs) the shit on my own. I just give my free time. No,
0: you're doing good. Like he's he's like he's a friend and he's helping and and our set is like uh we painted it. It's just it's nice to have a guy who like has a little bit of experience with that sort of stuff. And honestly, if you do have the cash, maybe you should reach out to someone. They're hard to the issue is the ones who are really good are, are expensive a lot of the time. Of course, yeah. But if you can find like a mid range guy and take them with you, I think that's a good way to go because you you have a confidant, you have a coworker, you have an audience if you're doing the podcast. Like if you listen to Tim Dillon's podcast, Fuck yeah, yeah, he's got Ben. Yeah, that's his who he yeah. runs stuff by. And I do a solo podcast where I, yeah, I have same. like a couple guys in there because when you're doing a solo podcast, I I can't imagine doing it like the way Bill Burr does.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he is
0: alone. Just him. Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm doing my podcast. In a vacuum. Yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine trying to be funny with nobody around. But
1: I think that's his. That's where he likes to be in. that's
0: Yeah, no, he he operates really well wow. in there, and he's funny a lot of the time. But I kind of like a little feedback, you oh, know? Oh,
1: yeah. Some social, so socialization. Okay, so it's Honest Therapy. Where is it? Where uh, Honest it?
0: Therapy will most likely be on the Seven Eckies uh, YouTube channel along with... Um, I'm assuming that Bad Friends and Tiger Belly will have stuff up there and uh, Trash Tuesday. Do you know Trash Tuesday? That's Annie Lederman. And... Oh, I just started following her like, oh, yeah. this week. She's really funny, I, I am right? new
1: to all this, man. I am fresh into the comedy okay. I'm learning about everybody. So
0: she's with Seven Eckies and they do a podcast that's a spinoff of uh, Bobby's Tiger Belly podcast. Um, this is pretty deep podcast stuff, but his girlfriend does a Tiger Belly with him, yeah, and she's doing Trash Tuesday with Annie Lederman and Esther, Esther Pavitsky. So and and we'll be on the same network as them. All right. Yeah, which which should be great.
1: And you said in a month? I'd is? say
0: a, I'd say a month or two. Honestly, uh, I'm also learning about like and and this is like low level production stuff relative to a movie or a TV or yeah. something like that. It takes so long.
1: Oh, in post? Yeah, tell me about post,
0: it. Post. We're trying to make a promo reel, and that's taking an eternity. Yep. Because you have to go through fifteen hours of footage.
1: Oh, trust me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know how it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and I'm I'm helping as much as I can, but like um it's a pretty arduous process. Shooting is is not easy. We shot four out we, we shot four episodes a day for um motherfucker for a couple weeks because we didn't want to use up too much studio time at at 7 Eckies. Mm-hmm. That was those were long days. That oh, wasn't yeah. easy. But then you think, "Oh, we're done."
1: Oh, you just scratched the surface. That's the,
0: the as far as like a, a, someone who actually knows production, you're not even, cl- you're like 10% of the way there. You're not even close.
1: Editors, colorists, making trailers, yep. websites, social media, marketing, yep. host- uh, sound editing. Oh, my fuck.
0: Exactly. And like uh, graphics, Yo, stuff yeah, like that.
1: Just that. Making thumbnails for shit. Trying to get Social media friendly clips. Oh, my God. Making sure it yeah. looks good on all the devices. And actually,
0: my co-host, uh, Emily Knows Everything, if you want to follow her, she's-, she's great too. Yeah. She's much better at that stuff than me. Mm-hmm. I- I'm like, can I just show up and be funny? <laughs> Like is yeah, that right. is that is that acceptable? If I could just like be a comic, yeah, right. And she is like a stick. She's a, she's a little out of her mind, but she is uh, obsessed with the way it's going to be edited. She's obsessed with the coloring. She actually we shot four episodes, and she said she didn't like the set, so we um, bought lavender paint and yeah. painted it like a, a, a music video. Uh-huh. Painted everything lavender: uh-huh. the books, the walls, the uh, the the clock.
1: You need people like that, though. She's amazing. She, it, no, it's the yin to the yang. You see it, and you're like, fuck, she was right.
0: No, no, It's night and day. It's And we pop off the screen because it's all one color. Yeah. Whereas before, it was just kind of
1: nonsense. Oh, that stuff is priceless.
0: No, it's true. It's true. And I, uh, uh, for better or for worse, that's not where my skill set oh. is. Yeah, right. So it's nice to have people around you who care about that stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. They make or break it.
0: Yeah. No, it's true. And it, again, uh, as far as the algorithm is concerned, you need the aesthetic is is a lot of it oh huge yeah
1: i spent a lot of time on that yeah well again man thanks so much i can't wait to see the the web series and uh thanks for mentioning it yeah yeah
0: of course thanks for having me um and uh, we'll, we'll talk after but i'm happy to send people your way too oh, that'd, for that.
1: I'd, I'd love that send people my way that'd okay. be fantastic I appreciate it man. Right,
0: man thanks for having me of course appreciate it yeah
1: uh, that, that was fun good. man that was good man, that was good, man. That was really good.
0: that worked out really well right? that was good um, i mean enough common ground. and i mean i don't know if everyone feels the same way but i'll talk about comedy until the cows come well i know and then yeah. and, I, and
1: i'm like you know he's a comedian he'll just comedian. i don't have this <laughs> because <laughs> i've had it done, done it of like, all right like you need something to work with man not... yeah yeah yeah
0: no if you got a little experience doing podcasts